Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Behind the Player podcast brought to you by Survival Challenge. I'm your co-host today, William, and co-hosting with me today is Michael. How you doing, man? I'm great. The students left today for the semester, and now I get to, you know, focus on cleaning my office, which will take about seven days until the college closes. So I've got plenty of time to take care of that. Awesome. Well, without further ado, we're going to get to our wonderful guest today, none other than Patrick. How are you doing today? Hey, guys. I am doing great, and I'm pumped to do this podcast. <laughs> awesome. How's life been since Survival Challenge? Life has been good. I've just been uh, thinking about Survival Challenge every day since. No, um, <laughs> uh, it's good. I live in San Francisco um, with my husband Joe and my son Micah. And so um, we've been having a, a great time here in the Bay. And it's also been awesome to be part of the Survival Challenge community and uh, keep up with the group chat and just conversations with folks that I got to play with. And so that's been pretty cool and special. Awesome. Well, how did you end up hearing about Survival Challenge in the first place? I heard about it from two of my friends who played before. So Justin Walter, who played in season six, I believe, and then Julia Gabbert, who played in season seven. So I have this group of friends that Justin and Julia are part of who have been getting together once a year for about 15 years to play Survivor or Big Brother or The Amazing Race. Um, and so it's this like group of friends that loves these games. And we basically take turns every year. Like someone will raise their hand to organize and host a game. Um, and so we've, you know, we've just played a million times and uh, Justin played a couple years ago and he was just like, Oh my God, you guys, we thought we were this like random special group that was obsessed with survivor. And it turns out there are there's this whole subculture of people who are way more obsessed than we are. Uh, and it's survival challenge and it was amazing and everybody should play. And so uh, Julia played the next year and then I applied and got to do this season. What kind of uh, tidbits did they give you? Two former alums that you know went very deep in our game. Like, what kind of advice did they give, and was it good advice or was it a bunch of crap? No, how did how that work out for you? <laughs> they gave me good advice, and yeah, they both they both did well in the game. So, I mean, the first thing that they told me was that every single person that I will be playing against is obsessed with survivor and is going to be a hardcore gamer. So they are essentially like everybody is a threat and you need to know that walking in, like don't underestimate anyone. Um, so that was nerve wracking, uh, to hear that, <laughs> to hear that advice. I feel like their other recommendations were in some ways kind of more simple than I thought. So for example, they both said, they both told me to, just trust my gut. And they said, you know, we're, you know, Julia, Justin and I are so used to playing essentially with the same group of people over and over again. So we know everybody's gameplay. So you walk into the game already with like such an understanding of how people approach it. And they said, you know, this time around, like you're not going to know anyone and uh, you are going to really have to rely on first impressions and instincts. And, and they said to trust that. And I absolutely found that to be true. Um, and then they also talked about things around, you know, there are going to be people who come in playing really hard, uh, really quickly. And so 
keep a low profile, lower your threat level in the first half of the game, uh, and then try to ramp it up later. So they gave me advice like that. Um, but they also just said, you know what, like, don't be nervous to the degree that that's possible. It's going to be so much fun and you'll have a blast. So just also enjoy every second of it. Um, and that panned out too. What other kind of uh, preparations did you do? Were you, you know, some people dig into the blogs and try to find all of our video content, which is getting out faster. Um, but how, how, oh what, what other crap is physically? I, I don't think physically, I mean, you probably had to step up your game, but I think that probably wasn't much of a challenge for you. I don't want to speak for you, but. Well, I will say I did a couple months in advance. I, I thought, okay, I need a survival challenge, uh, exercise training regimen. So I did step up my running and, um, and exercise just to be as prepared as possible. And I'm glad I did that because there was lots of running in the challenges, but you know, honestly, I, I think I always planned to do preparation, um, like, you know, practicing slide puzzles and mastering other puzzles, but I ultimately didn't do much. Um, and then I was just listening to Jamie's podcast the other day and I was so impressed because I think he found out a week before that he was going to play. And then he described the level of preparation that he did in that one week. And it was, I mean, so intense. I was really amazed. I, yeah, I didn't do any of that. I actually had never, I had never listened to any past podcasts or watched any survival challenge episodes before. So I came in super cold, uh, in terms of what the experience would be like other than talking to Justin and Julia. That's probably a good thing. Cause you can kind of get over, you know, maybe thinking, you know, maybe too much. That's so probably good to have a fresh perspective and not some of our people come in and are, you know, a little too familiar with our thing. And then we, we <laughs> right. flip up, we change it on. I'm like, well, poor William. So you got to be careful with knowing too much. <laughs> <laughs> um, Michael, from a casting standpoint, what were your initial thoughts on Patrick before he played the game? Well, we've got to watch a lot of videos, but from my perspective, I always thought Patrick was a great contestant and I thought he'd be great. And it was, I don't like to, you know, talk about other people's opinions from casting, but you know, what we typically do is we, we, we put our, our, our top people in a list and, you know, John loves numbers and runs the numbers. And he was a consensus early pick that we, you know, we definitely wanted him part of our game. You know, sometimes casting people just like on the real show are fighting for their specific people, but there wasn't much fighting over Patrick. It was like, yeah, he's pretty freaking awesome. We're a little worried because he was the old guy, but it, you know, aside from, I know. <laughs> aside from I... that though, <laughs> I cannot believe that I was the old guy. And I found that out. I think it was during one world when we were all hanging out and getting to know each other. And, you know, I had just turned 40 like a month before. So, you know, already I'm like, okay, I'm 40. That's a milestone. I'm hitting this, you know, I'm becoming older. And then I play this game and I realized that 40 is the elderly guy of the group. So, um, that was a shocker. Uh, but yeah, um, <laughs> hopefully I don't, I don't, I don't think it hurt me to be the old guy. Um, so that was fine. With the extra COVID year, was that, what did that do with the, the preparation? Cause you found out you're in and then we had this little pandemic thing kind of happen and we were, we were trying to make it happen. Like I was one of the ones like 
maybe this can work. Like maybe we can figure out how to do this safely. And they're like, no, we, we can't at all. So. I know. Well, I'm just so glad. I know there were different options. I think originally maybe the goal was, okay, maybe we can play, but we can all have masks on. But I just am so glad that, you know, you guys decided to just to press pause and make sure that we could play like a real authentic game once everyone um, was vaccinated and was safe. So I'm so glad we did that. But I mean, I guess until until it got announced that we were coming back, I kind of worried that I don't know, like maybe I just because of COVID, it threw it off and maybe I wouldn't be able to play or, you know, just kind of missed the opportunity. So I'm just so thankful that ultimately I was available uh, to do it that summer. So that was great. Awesome. Well, on your way to Survival Challenge, was there anybody that you ran into? Did you happen to talk to, to Julia or Justin on your way in? Uh, did you happen to meet any of the other volunteers or cast members before you got to the the property? No, I mean, I when I was driving down from Chicago to uh, Illinois, I definitely talked to Julia and Justin while I was driving to get final advice, but that was it. And then I remember I got to town and I was just so nervous. And so I'm like driving around town trying to kill time because I know it was very specific about we could not show up any earlier or later than 4 p.m. or something along those lines. And so I remember I went to the track in town and did some laps around the track and was just trying to, you know, (laughs) kill time and calm my nerves. But I didn't have any interactions with anyone else until I got there. What was your last meal? I'm always curious what we've had varieties of people, what they do right before they come into the game. Like, did you binge on anything or try to not do that? Or what was your eating strategy? You know, there was a Mexican restaurant in town, which now I don't remember what it was called, but that was my last meal. I think I had some kind of epic burrito to get all of the protein and sustenance I needed for the next five days. Nice. Awesome. Cool. Well, once you got to the property, uh, well, first off you found out you couldn't have your blanket. I don't know if that was a disappointment to you or not. Um, I, I spent so much time searching stores in Chicago for that blanket the day before. So it was very (laughs) sad to part with it. Um, and then, uh, you get thrown into this group with lots of people and you're kind of just eyeing people down. Was there anyone that caught your eye before you met John? Yes, totally. I mean, well, one thing that is so funny, and I don't even know if I have told him this story, but I remember when we were all, I had checked in and then we were standing around just, you know, all looking at each other and kind of sizing everybody up. And I remember seeing Kewu. he parked his car and he walked, he was walking in to check in. And I remember I saw him and I, I swear it was like final two at first sight. I was like, I want to be in an alliance. <laughs> with that guy. Um, and I don't know what it was. I mean, he just seemed like friendly and warm and he looked athletic and calm. And I, I just thought, I don't know, that is someone that I want to play this game with, which is hilarious then because, you know, obviously we had a really tight alliance, but that was, that was one of my first um, memories and impressions of someone. Uh, we had some interesting gender dynamics that were just kind of accidental and we weren't even sure, you know, Jen and John kind of work out like the logistics of who's going to be where, but was that, was that startling when you were placed where you were? Cause you drove yourself in, which was what a lot of the men did. And 
a lot of the women were dropped off. So what was the reaction? Do you think we were doing some kind of gender thing like Amazon or Vanuatu or? Yeah, I definitely wondered about that. I didn't know what to think of it. I was on the side, right? It was pretty much all, all men except two or three women. Mm-hmm. And I remember just thinking, I think my first reaction was, you know, that, oh, maybe just, I don't know mostly men applied. And this is the cast. It, that just seems so odd to me. I was like, this is such an imbalance. What's going to happen? But then I remember when we had to walk over and there were then all the other women in the game on the other side. And I remember seeing them and they all just looked so badass and athletic. And my first impression was, <laughs> I, I thought they were famous. I was like, oh my God, they cast these like famous women's women soccer players that like, I don't know, but they're going to be like, you know, super intense and this is unreal. I don't know. That's the first thing that went through my mind that there were these badass famous women that were going to be on the other tribe. So, um, and they were badass. Um, so that proved out to be true that I guess they just weren't famous. We made them famous, but they were badass <laughs> to start with. So, yes. yeah. <laughs> so once John finally corrals you all together, uh, he just lays it all out there. You guys are making your own group slash tribes and uh, go. <laughs> and he had to say it twice because none of you had reacted very well on the first <laughs> one. So. What was uh, what was your thought process through that experience? Oh, my God. I mean, it was just instant fear and pandemonium and sort of just like this inner drive to like – connect and find your people and be like accepted just kind of kicks in. I mean, but it all just happened so fast. I mean, ultimately there wasn't really much strategery that went into it. I think that I was just kind of close to a cluster of people and we just decided, okay, like let's, let's lock it in. Um, and I do remember though, you know, given what I just shared about seeing, Kewu and thinking, oh, like I wanted to be in alliance with him. He just happened to be in that cluster. So I remember thinking, sweet, okay, that's that's a win. Maybe this uh, that could be something. So yeah, I mean, it was. I think I just blacked out. I don't remember the details, but I was happy to have found a quote unquote tribe. <laughs> and then uh, you get sent right into the thick of it, uh, as in right into the pond right in front of you guys with these carts that we've used multiple times in past challenges. And uh, something I didn't uh, ask yet, but I'll ask now, did you watch like the past seasons to get a glimpse on what possible challenges to expect? No, I, so I'd never seen a past season. So I had no idea of what to anticipate, but already, I mean, in seeing those carts and the fact that somehow they had to get across like the pond, I was already just so impressed. I was like, okay, these are, legit challenges and i was just psyched to start playing them yeah those those carts we've had since when michael like season 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 three we did a memorial for kevin but he was a carpenter and our our game has been great since the beginning but we really took a step up with season three and all of our you know consistently used like big epic challenges kevin all built almost all of them so yeah, yeah those, those cards have been a big centerpiece for a lot of people's favorite challenges in the past. So it was a very cool way to open up that season for sure. Um, after that, though, you guys uh, get sent in the woods and you're doing all these ropes and 
trivia and trying to figure out what's going on at camp. Uh, What's going through your mind at that point? Well, I just remember, at least in the first part of that challenge, I think our team crushed it. Like, I think that we finished first. And so then we had options in terms of the second half of the challenge. And I don't remember the details, but there were three different things that we could have chosen in terms of how to finish the challenge. And so we were psyched to have finished first so that we could pick the best one. But then we totally just crumbled. And when we got into the woods, first of all, I think we like overshot where we needed to go. And then we got lost and then we found it. And then we were working on that coordinate challenge with the ropes and we were a mess and very quickly fell out of first place. And then I think finished uh, dead last on that one. So that was kind of a, that was kind of rough as a, as a start for our team. As you were doing things, you, you had already kind of gravitated to, you know, like Wu and other people, but what was your take on the, that group of people? Like, you know, who was working well with you and who was already maybe rubbing you the wrong way? Well, I mean, I think at that, at that moment, I didn't have, you know, a ton of impressions, but I definitely remember being really conscious of just the role that I was going to play in that part of the challenge. And I, I very intentionally stepped back because I feel like, you know, right off the bat, challenges like that, people's like personalities and leadership styles and, you know, strengths and weaknesses or whatever just kind of come to the forefront. And I just, I just think it's high visibility and it's just ripe for conflict or for people to see something about the way you're approaching the challenge that could be negative for you. And, and admittedly, I didn't know the solution to the challenge. So I didn't necessarily have a clear opinion or viewpoint about what we needed to do. And so I was like, well, I'm not going to step into this and really uh, try to lead us forward because I just didn't want to put myself in that spotlight. I definitely do though. Remember, I think that, uh, I think that Maddie and Tiffany and maybe Mandy were taking more of a lead and I was totally fine for them to do that and just kind of step back and watch and, help where I could. Were you conscious of, um, I know you're probably focused on what your group was doing, but was anyone standing out from the other two groups or was it all just with, you know, the, the red folks? Were you aware of stuff with blue and yellow at all or was it mostly what you were doing? At that During that challenge, I wasn't too aware. I think I was just so focused on our challenge. I think it was once that wrapped and we got back to you know, that clearing in the woods and had the, the one world scenario. I think that's when I started both for my own team, but also for others, I started to get more of a sense of people and observe folks. Yeah. The one world part, I think took a little bit of time to, you know, seep into everybody's brain. How, what was your take on everyone's proximity once you, once all the tasks were completed or when you were trying to complete the tasks, how, how aware were you of that? I mean, right. Once we got, once we all went to that open clearing, I mean, of course there's so much, so much speculation about what was happening and if it was a one world situation and, you know, I didn't really know what to make of it. And I think for a long time we were actually just waiting for instructions. We thought that someone was just going to come and tell us what to do next. And, uh, and that didn't happen. I think for me, my take was, I didn't think that it was going to be one world, but I think more so, I just really didn't want it to be because once I started 
talking more to the tribe and getting to know people. Like I just loved my tribe. Like they were awesome. Um, I felt really comfortable with them. And so I just so desperately, I was like, Oh my God, like, please let this just be my tribe that I get to play with. Um, uh, and so that was my hope anyway, uh, amidst all of that wondering and confusion about, about one world. Yeah, I was going to say, like, a lot of people were kind of thinking it was one world, but everyone had their own takes about whether it was something that they wanted. But regardless of what they wanted or not, and despite it actually being one world, not a lot of people did anything with that. They were they were all kind of just keeping their distance to an extent, and no one wanted to be that person. Um, was there anyone who you were, like, trying to interact with nonetheless? Well, I mean, I think... I mean, definitely there was at least some point where people did just start uh, mingling and getting to know people. So that did happen. I mean, I'm trying to think, I mean, on my, just on my own tribe, just some of my initial first impressions will, were, um, you know, Kewu at a gut level, I just felt like I just, I just trusted him. Um, Devin, I just thought was hilarious and like such a jokester. And I got the impression that he was, you know, putting on that persona and was, you know, probably strategic too, but he was just really fun to be around. Um, and you know, Mandy, super friendly, like, you know, she's telling everyone about her house flipping business and like real estate and just, you know, great relationship builder. Um, you know, and, and, you know, I can talk more about other folks in my tribe, but it just got some of those initial impressions of folks on, my tribe, I guess in terms of folks on other tribes, I mean, I just remember, <laughs> I just remember seeing Katie and I was like obsessed. I was like, oh my God, she is just one of these people that I just feel drawn to. Like she seems super cool. Um, she seems funny. She seems like a badass. I was like, I, I like have to work with her at some point, which is hilarious and ironic given that she was ultimately my downfall in the game. Um, but I remember seeing Katie and just like feeling this like connection and wanting to work with her. Uh, I remember seeing Chris and getting just an awesome impression of him. Like he just seemed super authentic down to earth. Um, he, I also just got this impression that he was probably like a total schemer and gamer and dangerous, but I was like, you know, I, would want to be his friend and play a strategic game with him. So, um, I remember, you know, having that impression, I remember seeing, I think Joe and Steph, so their tribe must've been closest to us. Cause I remember seeing them and thinking that they were early on, that like they were a duo and had an alliance. I forget if that was actually true or not, but they just both struck me as like very measured and strategic and trustworthy. So I was like, okay, there are people I might want to work with at some point. Um, so, you know, it was just like, I definitely went around and made sure that I introduced myself to everyone and, and, and had some kind of a connection, but I really just wanted to spend most of the time with my tribe. <laughs> and what was that time like with your tribe? It was, I mean, we just sat on our tarp. I think we had a tarp at that point. I forget. Um, but we just, you know, all told stories and got to know each other. And I feel like everyone was really just warm and friendly. Um, and, you know, there was a little bit of, I think people were trying to figure out, <laughs> I remember everyone's like, you were trying to figure out like what's the best strategic placement for like where our tarp goes, but also people were starting to think, 
that we should be doing something. If there were like clues hidden or whatever, I think at one point, I think it was maybe Maddie wanted to lead the charge to climb up some, I don't know, power line, like big pole. Cause we thought there might be something up there. And then we started making moves to do that. And then someone from the crew was like, do not climb up there. There is nothing up there. Um, but yeah, we were just hanging out, um, telling stories and it was, I think pretty quickly great camaraderie with that group. Was, uh, were you already during that night trying to figure out, you know, numbers? Cause you know, it's an uncertain time. You, you guys not really sure if you're tribe, you don't have shirts after all, or any bus or a name or anything like that. So it doesn't feel very official, but are you still trying to figure out numbers and maybe boot orders in your head during this time? Yeah, I, for sure. I mean, even though it wasn't official, I think in my mind, I'm, I'm just going to go under the assumption that it was official. And so I just treated it as like, this is my tribe and my group. And, and while I'll make, you know, build some relationships with people in the other tribes, like, I'm just going to assume that this one is most important for me. So I remember, I remember at night at one point, it was like, it was just starting to get dark and I went to get water with, Kewu and Devin. And then we were walking back together afterward on the trail. And I remember just like looking around and seeing that there was nobody else around us. It was just the three of us on the trail. And I was like, I'm going to lock it in with these guys. Those were of the people in our tribe. Those were the two that, you know, to Julia and Justin's recommendation of trusting my gut, like I just had a gut instinct that those are the two that I wanted to work with. Um, and so I brought that up with them on the tribe and I was just like, Hey guys, just real quick. I feel, uh, really good, like really comfortable with you guys. You seem strategic and nice and also just like relaxed about the game. And it was just kind of a vibe that I wanted to, you know, be a part of. And so I brought that up with them and, you know, they were like, yes, me too. Like, let's do it. And so that was the first thing that, um, uh, yeah, that was the first thing that I locked in. And that was definitely a goal of mine coming in is I just very quickly wanted to find a small number of people that I trusted and make sure I initiated that to have that safety and security and to do it before somebody else did it. And I was left out of the loop. So I was psyched to, to secure that with those guys. And then, I mean, in terms of, I don't think I was, you know, really playing out boot order, um, super intensely, but I do remember thinking at least just based on first impressions, I remember thinking that, that Tiffany and Maddie were really kind of playing, like playing kind of hardcore, uh, not so, not like social games in terms of strategy, but just in terms of like, how do we manage ourselves around like camp? Um, and like, how do we set up shop and get the right, uh, you know, make sure everything's good. And they had a more like intense energy. Um, and so my first impression was maybe, okay, if we had to, you know, go down a road of voting some folks out, like maybe it would be them. Um, just cause I wanted to have a more relaxed vibe in that moment. So, I mean, and they're amazing. So sorry, Maddie and Tiffany for those first early thoughts and impressions. But yeah, I think if I had to, if I had to decide in, in that moment, that's probably what it, what it would have been. Very interesting. Anything to add to that, Michael? Was it pretty reciprocated? Your gut still feel good with with Devin Kev? That's, I just made that up. Devin Kev. 
<laughs> Unless you already did in July, but yeah, like was that pretty? You could was there, you know, pretty right back at you, like yeah, that sounds great, and yes, they immediately um, came back with that, and in a way that seemed to me to be authentic, like I trusted it, um, you know, to the degree that you can, but I I did trust that they actually wanted to do that, um, and you know, I think that ultimately in the first phase of the game for sure played out. Anything else interesting from Wednesday night that you can think of? I'm trying to remember what the weather situation was like. Was it already horrid by (laughs) Wednesday night? It was brutal. I mean, it was pouring, it was pouring rain. And, and I just remember again, strategizing, like, should we be out in the open? Should we like pull our tarp under, you know, under these trees and bushes. Um, you know, so there's a lot of debate about that, but I just remember ultimately we landed on this strategy that I think we called our, our, um, uh, our shelter. It was like a quesadilla, um, where we, we laid down on the tarp and then folded the second half of the tarp over us. So like our feet were fully in the tarp and our heads were sticking out the other side. Um, and that was our strategy. And honestly, I don't know, it was the best we could do, but what it meant was that the rain was just pouring down on our open faces just all night. And I just remember my face being super wet. There was like no way I was going to fall asleep. I remember puddles of water just forming under me and you could feel them start to emerge. And, you know, you were momentarily dry and then suddenly you're like, Oh my God, there's this puddle under me. And I also remember there were mosquitoes. Like not only was our face, our faces were so wet, but mosquitoes were constantly buzzing in our ears. And so it was definitely an immediate introduction to the elements of survivor. I definitely did not sleep that night. Um, if I did, you know, maybe it was for like 20 minutes, but yeah. So yeah. Welcome to survival challenge there. We always bring the weather. If it's either super cold or super hot or super rainy. So Mm -hmm. did anyone get any sleep? Was everyone pretty much the same or pretty just up and miserable? Anyone? I I mean, as far as I know, I think everyone was, was pretty much miserable. Um, Yeah. I think there was talk of, was it Devin who was really warm bodied that people like to cuddle with? I forget who, um, who earned that. So who knows, maybe, (laughs) maybe whoever cuddled with, with Devin had warmth and fell asleep, but I think most people had trouble. Anything else you wanted to bring up from the first day before we move on to the second? Uh, I don't think so. No, we can move on. All right. Well, you know, the next morning we had our first round of confessionals, like actual full confessionals. What did you think of that experience? I loved doing the confessionals. I thought it was so fun. I mean, it made it feel, you know, it's like, oh my goodness. It's like, we are, this is a legit production and we are on a show and now I have, you know, the camera that I can be completely open and honest with about what I'm thinking and what's going on. So I thought it was super fun. I also remember that uh, my son... Micah was like, you have to say hello to me and talk about me while you're out there. And so I remember in my first confessional, I made sure to give him a shout out, which he was happy about later. So that was, that was a win. Try to edit that into the episode, William, if possible. (laughs) (laughs) We will appreciate that. (laughs) Well, 
After that, you guys get brought to the challenge field and your questions have been answered, but I don't think anyone could have predicted from the player's standpoint of what the twist was going to be, which was not only where you still not in tribes, you're doing individual tribes for challenge bucks. What do you think about that twist and how it applied to your game going forward? Well, I think one thing that was... I thought it was so fun. I mean, it's it was so nice to have that first day of getting to compete in all these challenges, which were just like such fun challenges to do and also not have the, the threat and the risk of going to tribal and getting voted out on uh, right away. And so it's just amazing that that's the structure of the game. And so that was great. And I think, you know, we weren't competing with our tribes, but it was an awesome way to just build relationships with other people. And I think for me, I knew going into the game that my social game would be my greatest strength and that that's what I really wanted to focus on and play to. And so having, getting to like mix up with all these other people and compete in challenges with them just like gave me an opportunity to get to know other people and hopefully, you know, lock in some connections or goodwill that could serve me well later. So I think that was good. You know what's interesting? And it's interesting listening to the podcast too, just to hear how different people play it. But for me, the challenge bucks were just not a big part of my game or strategy. Um, and maybe they should have been. I mean, you listen to, you know, Kalu and how he was able to, I think he was consistently strategic about how to approach his own challenge bucks, like the ones that we kind of shared as an alliance or a tribe. And and he went for it. And that was awesome. And he got some great idols and advantages as a result. And so, you know, maybe I should have focused on that more, but it just wasn't, I don't know, maybe it just didn't feel natural for me to keep track of that in a really clear way. And so, I mean, I loved it when I won challenge bucks and then I would go back with my Alliance and we would talk about, okay, are we pooling these? Like, how do we want to use them? And so, you know, but it just wasn't an overarching focus of my gameplay. And, um, or some of those, uh, highlights for you on those reward challenges, we had about like four or five of them. Were there any like bright moments for you? Yeah, I'm trying to think, um, what was the one, one of them was so fun and I'm trying to remember who I was with. I think it was like Grace and Jake and maybe I was with Chris. I can't remember, but it's where there were, I think four people and two people each had to hold the end of like a wooden plank and you had to, you had, there was a ball that you had to balance and like send down to the other end. And then the two planks had to crisscross. And then there was a hole in one of the planks and you had to like drop the hole through and catch it on the other. Um, uh, you know, it was sort of like a, a classic survivor challenge that required the teamwork and coordination and balance. And, um, yeah, like we did really, we did well in that. I forget what place we came, but I just remembered like just the the camaraderie and pride around like working together through that intensity and then doing well. So that was fun. Um, I loved the one, well, actually, I don't even know. I'm going to like mess up my days. Which was the day, was it on this day where we had to put together the like hanging flame puzzle was that part of it or is that when we were that could have been the, the, the leaf puzzle where you guys had like the stilts yes that, um, yes yeah i'm pretty sure that was uh that yeah i believe I mean, so yeah 
see, this is where my memory totally fails me on these details, but like that <laughs> challenge was so fun. And um, yeah, and so, so fun to, you know, make our way uh, on those stilts. But then in terms of the leaf, I remembered like doing that puzzle and successfully getting a piece or two in. And I was just like, oh my God, this is great. Like I'm doing, <laughs> I'm doing one of the puzzles that I always see on the show and I'm contributing to it. So, you know, moments like that were just really fun to, to get to be a part of. Did you get a chance to, and I don't even have it in front of me to know for sure. I, I mean, I've got it somewhere in one of my documents. Did you get a chance to be in a group or a pairing or a quad or whatever with, with everyone or almost everyone? Do you remember if you, you know, weren't with anybody and did that, you know, have any effect later or would you get a good chance to size up everyone? I mean, I don't, I definitely don't think I was ultimately with everybody. I mean, there are some people when I look back on the game, I feel like I, there are some people that I didn't almost like ever intersect with. So for example, Jamie, like listening to his podcast, I don't know if our games, I remember, I remember I like talked to him briefly during one world, but like other than that, like, I don't think we ever, um, we're, we're in one of those groupings together. Um, so yeah, I can't, I don't know. I can't say specifically, but I definitely didn't get to everyone. That's for sure. And were there any people that weren't in your, you know, your original group that throughout the day you're like, Ooh, I really, if the opportunity arises, if we have any say in what's happening, do I know you people you wanted to work with or people you, you didn't want to work with? Yeah. I mean, I think, I mean, I get, I think some of my first impressions from one world still held true. Like I would have loved to work with, um, Chris or Katie or Joe or Steph. I also remember, I think I got to one time, I think maybe the first challenge I was paired with Grace and that was super fun. And she was fun. I was like, okay, I could work with Grace. Um, I remember getting a good impression of Kelsey and thinking, okay, if something, you know, if our paths ever crossed, I would want to work with, uh, work with Kelsey. Um, so yeah, those were some things. I don't think I ever had any sort of impression was like, Oh my God, I do not want to work with that person. Like no one gave me that vibe, but it was more, more from like a positive perspective of who felt like I could, you know, jive with at different times. Well, that's a good thing from a casting perspective. We try to have like, you know, 24 decent people. We don't, have, it's not like survivor. Where we're like, Oh, let's get a cult. And who's just going to, you know, rub people the wrong way. Right, like, no, we don't try to do that yeah. really. <laughs> yeah, no, you did a great job. Everybody was awesome. And you know, it is one of those things going into these games uh, where, I mean, I was nervous about that. I mean, even though, like I was saying, I think I knew that my strength would be this uh, social game. Like I can interact with pretty much everyone and connect and build a relationship. And so I'm not uh, like, I feel confident in that, but I can also be, shy at times, or if there are those personalities to, that are more like, you know, villainous or just, you know, abrasive in some way, though I was like, oh man, like I would not thrive uh, in a context if it was a bunch of people like that. And so I was nervous, like, you know, maybe it would be like that. Why not? Um, and so it was such a relief when truly, I mean, just what an amazing, friendly, great group of people. So yeah, that was a, that was for sure a nice pleasant surprise about the cast excellent well after all that um and all the reward challenges were done we had a good old-fashioned pick them with teams yeah. backyard school style um 
I feel like I'm, <laughs> but you know, we're picking teams here and we're actually officially having tribes to what is, could be like the latest point into any survival challenge that we've had. Um, yeah, I feel like this is the longest we've gone in a season without having official tribes. So, uh, finally it's happening. Uh, but you guys are picking the tribes and what was your role in being picked and then picking someone else? Yeah, well, of course, I mean, it's so exciting because it's like, oh, my God, okay, we're picking tribes slash, like, I guess we weren't official tribes, but, you know, it felt like a tribe swap. And so, you know, you're immediately just nervous. And you're and, and I loved the group that I was with. Again, like, I just, I wanted that to be my group. Um, I felt really confident in, like, alliances I had built with Kewu and Devin and and so I was just nervous that, you know, it would just totally get switched up. But what, it worked out. I mean, it worked out amazingly for me because Jake Miller, I think, was one of the captains and he chose Kewu. Um, and so he kind of switched it up and went across tribal lines. And so when Kewu got picked and had to pick next, I mean, I am just like from across the field. I mean, I'm sure he couldn't see my eyes because I was too far away, but I'm just trying to like look him in the eyes and I'm just like, pick me, pick me, pick me. (laughs) (laughs) Please let that happen. Um, And he did. Um, And so that was amazing. And I was like, okay, this is great. Like we are going to stick together. That is affirmation of the like trust and alliance that I felt really confident that we had. And that just, I was like, okay, this is going to carry forward. Um, and so then it was my turn. And then I picked Benji cause Benji was also someone in my tribe who, um, I had a great relationship with, and I also really trusted. And so, you know, getting to bring him over and then it just kind of rolled from there. And it wound up being that my new tribe, um, Fala had a majority from, the original group. And so, you know, can't beat that with, you know, a random tribe swap or picking of tribes. So that was awesome. And, uh, how overall do you feel like the group worked out for you? Do you wish you had a different group or did you wish you had certain other people on your group or how do you think that played out for you? Um, I mean, it, I thought it played out great because I mean, so I'm trying to think who it was. It was me, Kewu, Benji, Mandy, and Meg. That, that was the five from our original group. And then we were with Caitlin, Jake Miller, and Holly. So that was the eight. And so I felt great about who was on my group. I mean, I think the one person who wasn't there that I would have liked to be there is Devin because I felt really good about him. Um, so that was a bummer, but all in all, thrilled about the new tribe. Well, after this, we had uh, the alumni challenge and uh, Tamunga just ran away with it. Um, How did you guys fare in that challenge? Oh my God, I don't even remember that challenge. What was the alumni challenge? That was the one with the blow darts. The blow darts. Oh, and oh, the blow darts. Was there all, were there locks involved in that one too? Was that the one where we had to unlock? We had to like, in the blow darts, I think we got keys and then we had to unlock. Yes. Something. Oh my yeah. God. Yeah. So it didn't go well for us because I think one of, I don't know. I think one of our locks or keys got bent, I think in like the vigor of us, of, you know, someone trying to like unlock the locks. I think one of the locks got bent and then poor Meg, I think was like last and was like the one that had to unlock the final one. And, you know, 
it wasn't, she didn't have the best hardware to make it work. And so I don't think, I forget what happened in terms of like placement there, but yeah, I think we struggled with that challenge a little bit. All right. Um, after this, you guys finally go back to your camp for the first time. Um, how did it feel to actually have <laughs> your own official tribe camp? Oh, it was so good. I thought we had a great spot. Yeah, we were, you know, nestled in the woods and our camp had uh, two different pathways to get in and out of it, um, which was nice. So there were a few different trails, which was cool because it just created space and opportunity to go chat with people and, you know, do the strategizing that you needed to do. And so, yeah, that was awesome. Um, and, um, yeah. And I, and I also think I remember, um, at one point, I forget exactly when in the day this took place. Um, but at one point it was just me, Kewu and Meg at camp and, it was either Kewu, I don't remember who initiated, if it was Kewu or Megan, but one of them initiated like us having a final three. Um, and so the others must've been off somewhere. And so we had uh, uh, some alone time at camp to talk about that. And so someone pitched us being in a final three and I was like, great, sure. Like I'll be in a final three, love people um, pitching a final three to me. Um, and so that was that was great to have happen at camp. I, I don't, admittedly, I wasn't, super convinced that I wanted to do that final three. I mean, I wanted to be, I wanted to go to the end with Kewu, that's for sure. But one thing that happened after we, when we picked tribes is that for all the people, like Meg was picked last. Um, and that really impacted her as it would anyone, like nobody wants to like be the last one picked on the tribe. And so I think she was hurt that she wasn't that, you know, other, people from our original group didn't, um, didn't pick her. And so she was kind of bummed about that. And at one point during that time when we were together, she said something along the lines around how she was bummed and how it makes her think about wanting to do like switch it up and not stick with our original group and do an all girls thing. Um, and so she had made that comment once. And when I heard her say that, and you know, it may have just been like in passing and I don't know how serious that was, but it just planted enough seed of doubt in my mind where I just couldn't, even though I wanted to, because Meg's awesome. I actually just saw her in San Francisco the other day. We randomly bumped into each other. It was great. Um, but I just, I couldn't fully trust her. And so, you know, that final three was proposed and I was like, great, amazing. But I wasn't certain that that's actually the road that I wanted to go down. Um, so, uh, but that, you know, our, our wonderful camp did enable that conversation. That's cool that you mentioned that because I was actually there during that time filming that um, happening. And I feel like that has that moment hasn't been talked a lot. So I was just wondering, um, like, how legit that was. And you, you already answered that. But I just thought that was an interesting moment. That I was just like, wow, it seems like these three in our, our really good position. And for the most part, that was the case. But Megan, unfortunately, went home the next day. And I was a bit surprised by that because I thought that she seemed to be in a, in a more insular spot than I thought she was. Yeah. And I would say, and I think the reality is like, she wasn't actually in a bad spot. Like I think the five of us were legitimately like overall big picture. We were close. We generally like trusted each other and we wanted to stick together, but it was just, 
I mean, at least for me, I mean, I know that Kei Wu really, really wanted to continue worth working with her. And so I think that was super genuine on his end. But I knew that down the road, if push came to shove, I just wasn't 100%. I just wasn't 100%. And so that was just in the back of my mind, even though I was like, yeah, totally. Let's go to the final three. Nice. Um, after that point, we had the uh, the whole auction part come up and everyone had different roles in what they were to do, whether stay at the camp or go to the auction or go to the challenge. What was, what was your role in that? I went to the challenge. And so I went to the challenge with Kei Wu and Benji and that was definitely my preferred choice. Like I wanted to, you know, I loved the challenges already so much. And so I wanted to play in the challenges and I just didn't, I didn't want to go to the auction. I just feel like it just felt so high stakes in terms of, I actually, I don't even remember what we knew going, going into the auction about the context, but I just felt at an auction, it is high stress. You have these small windows of opportunity to make like the right decision strategically and to support your tribe. In this case, you know, it was to uh, get different things that would be helpful around camp. And I think this was just one of those moments too, where it's like, I don't want that spotlight because if it goes awry for any reason, I don't want to be the one that has to come back to camp and have people be, you know, upset with the way I played it or making wrong decisions potentially. So I was very happy to go off and and do the challenge instead of going to the auction. What was the challenge? I mean, I had to run it and I tried to be like John and tried to be mean, but I didn't do a great job. So what was the challenge and what'd you do? Oh man. Well, I mean, (laughs) the challenge didn't go well for us. I think we came in last of the three tribes. Um, So, I mean, it was great in terms of it was a classic, a classic challenge where it was the, the stepladder up to the platform and we had different puzzle pieces that we had to, I think each of us had to take turns and place a puzzle piece um, that would go, you know, fill out the first step of the ladder, then the second, then the third, and then you could keep progressing forward. So, you know, it was great um, to do that challenge. But I think that unfortunately, Benji really struggled with the puzzle pieces of that challenge. And we ended up, and I think then he just kind of like, you know, as he was struggling with it and couldn't figure out the next piece, I think he just ended up kind of getting in his head and spiraling. Um, and I remember that he was, you know, there was sort of like the, the puzzles had certain pieces that had certain shapes. And so I think he started sorting them so that he knew which ones, which ones he had already tried. So he wasn't going back to the same pool, but then I think he mixed them up. And so then I think he was going back to ones he had tried before. So anyway, I felt so bad. Like a, I wanted to win and I saw us like slowly falling out of uh, the running there, but also, you know, I never want to see like a friend and tribe mate struggle like that, especially because it could be any of us. Like that could have been me that like was struggling. And so that was just a bummer to see that happen. Um, uh, but you know, such is life. So, so we lost that challenge and we didn't come back to our tribe with, uh, I don't know what we would have won that would have helped the tribe out. But anyway, we didn't bring it back for them. And that's challenging. We were just playing around with it one time in May and I was going against John and Steve Pickett. I'm like, this is really tough. And I'm not, there's no stakes. It's just bragging rights, which is worth not much, but y'all were in the midst of it. So, you know, my hat's off and I guess I just can't be mean and I understand what it's like to be John very, very basically. I think I'm the only one that's ever helped run a challenge like that before. And it was, I mean, it was nerve wracking. Cause I thought I'd come out and be like, 
yeah, I'm going to be a total jerk to these players and, you know, be a little harder than John is with you guys. And I just couldn't do it. So. Oh my God. I mean, I, I can't imagine. I don't think I could do it either because you can just see like the agony uh, from when like someone is struggling, like all they want to do is do well and help their tribe. And then, you know, and that can happen to anyone. And so, yeah, it's, uh, I, I, well, I appreciate you being nice to us then in that moment. I was about to be mean to Benji, but I'm like, I won't even be mean to Benji. <laughs> <laughs> Don't worry. Benji was mean enough. He beat himself up enough after that. So, um, yeah, I mean, he had a moment where I think as we were walking back, like he was super frustrated, um, by, you know, the fact that that happened, um, but then it also actually, it kind of led to a great conversation between me, Benji. You know, it's one of those moments where it's like, okay, someone's super upset because they didn't do well. They let down their tribe. But then it also just like kind of brings you together too, because, you know, we wanted to win, but we weren't like mad at Benji and we empathized with him. That it, And so, I don't know, it's kind of like a good, in some ways, bonding, vulnerable moment for the three of us to just kind of connect with each other and to like support each other in that moment, like in the midst of like a loss. And I think, you know, it's a short term loss, but those, those sort of moments can also like strengthen bonds that can help you throughout the game. Nice. And, um, when you got back to camp and you saw the results of everything, uh, what was, what, what did you find? Well, I think that I, I can't remember exactly from our tribe who went to the auction, but, I remember Holly was for sure one of them. And I mean, this must've happened at the auction that we got some rice. Um, and so that was a win. Um, and so we were pumped that, that that happened. And so thanks to the crew for, for making that happen. And it was just so comical. I mean, at night I remember sitting around the campfire and I think in Mandy, Oh my God, Mandy is the just queen of making fire. So she made our fire. I think Meg actually played a big role that night too in making fire. But, um, uh, so we had a fire and then we sat around the campfire and, um, had rice and, you know, we didn't have that much rice. And I think Holly had had a little plastic medicine container of like Zyrtec, like allergy meds or whatever. And so we used the green cap, from her Zyrtec to scoop even bites of rice. And I think we each got, I think we each got maybe six to eight Zyrtec capfuls of rice. Um, and I mean, it was just glorious. Um, and so that was, <laughs> um, <laughs> it was delicious. I mean, I don't think it was actually delicious, but in the moment it was. Um, and it was also just, you know, a funny, great bonding experience for the tribe. I remember Product. that. Same next to me in my season. Um, the rice that we had was a little bit burnt, but it was just like, for some reason, like the best flavor ever. I was like, yeah. this, is, this is the best rice ever, you know? Like, <laughs> it's amazing. A little dirt seasoning in there, a little mm. texture. Oh, yeah, for sure. <laughs> John never wants to give you all enough food, and we're always pressing, like, let's give him a little, little more stuff, but... You know, John's pretty tough. He wants to you have an authentic experience. So I'm sorry we couldn't get you more rice. No, you know like, what? I, I totally support that. I support the little amount of food and the authentic experience. I mean, even though we loved that rice, the reality is, I don't know, maybe it was just like adrenaline, but the food, the lack of food didn't get me that much. I think 
I also appreciated this. I, the weather, I thought the weather was the hardest. Um, mm-hmm. I'm glad that it was challenging because, you know, then you just get a more authentic experience in that way too. Um, but it was really the weather that got me more than, more than the food, but I'm sure it you know, depends person to person. Um, that night we also had, uh, another confessional with you and I'm bringing this up because I remember this confessional specifically and you were there oh. for it too, right, Mike? Okay. Oh, my fallow people. I tried to be with the green tribe and if the green's not available, I'm with the black tribe. So, yeah. <laughs> I know you're well, the fella. <laughs> well, I remember me and Mike trying to figure out the tribe dynamics and some of the, the three people we were really focusing on, I guess... There was there was four people of really big notoriety. I think the first person was Holly because she seemed like the obvious boot at the time, but we were surprised by her confessional because she was very self-aware of it. And so even though that, you know, everyone was saying that she was for the first boot after seeing how aware Holly was of it, it was almost hard to believe that she was going to be the first boot because she had such conviction that she had a plan. She was going to find out a way out that I feel like even on a Maya and I was buying and it's just like, yeah, I don't, even though technically she should be a first boot, I don't feel like it's going to happen for some reason. Yeah. I mean, right. I'm, <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm just distracted. Cause it just reminded, that just reminded me of Holly's podcast that she did. <laughs> and I guess part of her strategy for staying in was, oh my God, I can't even, I'm not even going to repeat it on this podcast, but she felt like she needed to lick my bleep um, uh, to, <laughs> to stay connected and stay in the game with me in some way. And that was just hilarious and outrageous. She is a character, Holly, your character. Um, but yeah, I mean, I guess what's my impression on that? I think initially, initially our thought was that Holly would be the first boot, but then, I mean, we can get into this in much more detail. It just totally ultimately did not make sense to go down that road. Um, uh, but I think you're right that maybe, I mean, and I don't remember what I said in that confessional. So maybe William, I must've said Holly, um, but it for sure, it for sure changed over time. Um, we actually, I remember at, we asked you during that confessional, your whole like pecking order at that time. And we asked you that question. We, we, we asked you that question because like, um, everyone was saying you were basically like at the, at the top. And we were trying to figure out like what the true like pecking order is. And we were curious what you had to say on it. And I think you said that you were like aware that you were at the top. And then you had Benji and K Wu as like your close people also up there with you. Um, and I, I just remembered being really impressed by your confessional because you were so, despite being in such a controlling spot with the tribe, you were very, um, I guess, humble about it. And you didn't let it get to your head. You were very methodical about what was going on and you weren't cocky about your position. You were still very concerned about some of the aspects of it. And I just remember it being very solid takes because I think you were towards the end and so we had a lot of confessionals mm. to work with as far as what people were thinking. And I think almost all of your takes were like spot on. And so I think we were just like, man, Patrick just has this right now. I think, Michael, if you remember from that point on, I'm like, Patrick is a solid winner pick in this game currently. 
I was neutral. I have to be neutral. But during that day, it was like, I'm digging Patrick and K-Woo. I love their just whatever, their their demeanor and just the way they're carrying themselves and the way they interact and the way you're just like running it. But you're just so calm, cool, and collected with that big smile. I'm like, this dude's going to win this thing. And I was like, how's it work? Like, how's he going to make it there? How's K-Woo going to be involved? Like, I was just like, there we go. Follow all the way. Like, we don't get any perks for our tribe doing well. But I'm like... This tribe's gonna demolish some people. I was I was super excited and I was, you know, a little worried about, you know, I, I knew Holly was a dynamic character from other live games. So I'm like, if she goes early, that would that would suck, but I'm loving these people, so that's too I'd be that's unfortunate, but I mean that that ended up not happening, but I was like, yeah. Yeah, when we debriefed, I was pretty if you didn't know Patrick, we could come back from the confessionals and we're just trying to suss out like because back in the old days we would do the product. Andy and I would do like 24 confessionals a night, like three nights in a row. Cause we were lunatics and maniacs. Then we would know what the vibe was, but now we broke it down into equal parts to make it a little bit more manageable. But we, you know, we're talking out what each tribe's doing and we're like, here's what's going on in follow. <laughs> and they'd say what's going on in the other groups. And it was just, it's just, it was, I've never seen anyone to just in that much control, but not like, rubbing people the wrong way or at least apparently not it was just it was crazy well i mean that's yeah that's cool to hear i mean i definitely yeah that's cool to hear reflected back i mean i guess my my thoughts on it now is again i mean i guess it, it probably was at, at one point also at that camp where kwu and i were just like we said to each other that we were going to be ride or die final two and i do think there's just something at like a base level that, you know, just having someone that you can trust and that I truly trusted that we could um, go all the way together, you know, I think that's confidence building and is kind of a good jumping off point to then say like, okay, so like, what are we going to do together? How are we going to, how are we going to move this forward for our game um, with this tribe? And I did, I did feel, I did feel a lot of confidence around the influence I had in that group because I feel like I had, I had strong relationships. And even though, you know, it's funny I went into the game being like, you know, I don't want to, I don't want to come out like too hard in the beginning of the game. And so I want to take more of a back seat. but I guess, I mean, I guess on my tribe, I technically didn't do that because if everyone said that I was at the top, like, uh, of, then, you know, then that was kind of obvious, but, but I do feel like, I do feel like I had a lot of control on Fala. Um, and as you know, I mean, I basically, I ultimately do think with each of the, the picks that we had, like that, that was my plan for it to go Caitlin, Jake, then Holly, and then Meg. Um, but I think to, I don't know, to your point about the humility, I guess I'm always just so nervous. Like you never know, like you never know if you can really maintain all of that. And so I just, you know, wanted to make sure that I was still had my guard up and nurturing the relationships to, to move it forward. Cause it can obviously always like turn super quickly. How did you become aware of some of those, you know, pre-existing things, at least on your group? How did that, you know, how forthright was maybe, I think our dog barks, sorry, like with Benji was like, was he open about knowing Caitlin or did you know that like Caitlin knew Jake M? Like how, like, how did that come about? Like that's the knowledge of maybe that pre-existing thing and then other pre-existing things because we had a, the Venn diagram for y'all know, some of these people so with who many. knew people 
You know, it's funny. Yeah, that's wild to me. Uh, all the different connections. I think it was when we did our reunion show at the at the end where, you know, we were asked to like raise our hand if we had a connection going into the game. And I think it was just me and Kewu who didn't have any connections. And I think because of that, and also because I had never watched any of the survival challenge seasons in advance, I just, I don't even think I anticipated that. So I didn't realize that people were going to come in with all these different connections. And so, you know, some, in some people's podcasts, they talk about like, Oh, I recognized Holly from survivor Maryland or yada, yada. Like I didn't, I didn't know any of that. So, but where I started to realize it was in Fala and it it's, it's when, it's when we decided to vote Jake Miller out initially. So basically I think Holly was going to be the the first vote. And I think it was because, you know, Caitlin seemed like she was going to be awesome in challenges. Um, and I think Kewu had really good vibes about Jake Miller. And so we were like, okay, like, you know, let's vote Holly out. And so, um, so we went and we told Kate, uh, oh, but then, wait, so, but then what happened? I forget. Why did we change this? Oh, but then I just started to get a weird vibe from Jake Miller because he wasn't very, he just wasn't doing a lot of like, you know, relationship building or talking or at least with me anyway, he wasn't kind of giving me any insight into what he wanted to do or make happen. And the reality is like, he, you know, didn't have the numbers. And so I just kind of assumed like, if I was on a tribe that had just like swapped and I didn't have the numbers, I would be like going up to the people in the majority to like make build relationships and find cracks. And Jake wasn't doing that. And, you know, it was just a red flag. I was like, if he, maybe he's doing it with others and he's not doing it with me. And so therefore Jake in my mind has to go. And so that's how it switched from Holly to Jake. So then though, I remember I went up to Caitlin with a couple other people to tell Caitlin that the plan was Jake. And I guess I also assumed Caitlin, she does not have the numbers. If I was Caitlin, I would have been like, amazing, great. I am with you all to the end. Like, thanks for keeping me. This is great. I'll vote Jake. Um, see you later. But she was so resistant. And um, she really was pushing back and wanted to do uh, vote out Holly and I think learned in that process that she and Jake uh, had a connection and were like super good friends. Um, and I don't even, I'm not even sure if I knew that actually, I don't think I knew that they had a relationship. I was just thrown by the fact that she wasn't like jumping on board with that. And so then to me, that was just such a huge red flag. And so I remember I went back to like Kewu and, and Benji and Mandy and I was just like, yo, we have to, switch this up because Caitlin is demonstrating right off the bat that she doesn't want to work with us and she wants to do something different. Um, and, and so I was like, we got to vote out Caitlin. So I, I mean, I guess, uh, you know, there was kind of a, a lot of switching there, but I guess all of it was rooted in these instincts around which vote was going to be best for my game. Like Jake wasn't working with me. It's gotta be him. Caitlin, uh, you know, was, you know, really resistant. It's gotta be her. And what, what's so what's interesting though, is in that as all that was playing out, Benji came up to me at one point and, and this is what's so great about Benji. I mean, I feel like Benji is just someone who is just like a great guy, so authentic, like really just kind of 
I don't know, good and loyal at his core. And he was just like, listen, I have to be open with you and let you know that like Caitlin and I are friends. Like we know each other from outside the game. And I was like floored by that revelation that there was that connection. Um, but it was awesome that he, you know, felt comfortable enough or felt compelled to share that. Um, and so he was really struggling with the idea of voting her out. But, you know, I think that for me also just really even confirmed the fact that, that Caitlin had to go given those connections. So, so anyway, that is a long way of saying that's how I started to learn about some of the connections. And it's also how I was aiming to influence the, you know, the voting out within follow. That's great. It seems like it would help Benji too, because it kind of cuts out that, you know, pre, not a pregame, like they were strategizing or anything, but to cut out those, you know, loose ends and then tighten up the, you know, new thing he had with you two. So I guess it ended yeah. up working well for yeah. him. It's just interesting. He was able to, you know, do yeah. that turn. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Um, anything else you want to talk about for day two before we move on to the third one? Um, I guess what I will just say, I mean, I have to comment on uh, like Holly talked um, about, you know, obviously like Holly's got a great social game um, and she, uh, I mean, I, if I, I just something that I remember from camp is um, she was hilarious. I mean, she was definitely like super positive life of the party kept us entertained. I remember, I forget if other people have talked about this on the podcast. I don't even remember the details, but we were sitting around at camp, probably eating our rice out of the Zyrtec um, uh, cap. And she was telling this story about these, like, I don't know if they were like monsters or ghosts that are like in the woods. And she's like seen them in real life. And I don't know, she was just wild. Um, and so she kept it fun. And I definitely think, you know, you know, and she pointed this out, like that was helpful because in a context where, Jake wasn't necessarily a relationship building and, and, and Caitlin wasn't, you know, jumping on board. I think Holly took the approach, like I'm all in guys, like I'm going to be fun and I'll be with you. And, um, so I'll do this. Um, so that was cool. I mean, I don't ultimately think that that is what fully kept her in the game. I think that Caitlin and Jake had just thrown up red flags that, that sort of put the target on them. Um, and that was more, you know, the weight of what led to those votes, but, Holly definitely like played it right um, and was uh, hysterical. <laughs> yeah, we talked to Caitlin. It was just very recently, and I was just trying to get the vibe on Jake M because he was from Ohio, and I was like, I'm trying to subconsciously root for the Ohio people. But I guess he had some wasn't feeling well. I guess was the ultimately his thing. I was like. This guy was in, you know, really popping on his video, but I guess it just kind of wasn't feeling well. I think that's true. Of that. He wasn't feeling well. And that's like obviously such a bummer. And I feel like I remember he was trying to like drink the electrolytes and kind of get it back together. Cause you know, Jake is like, he is so like, he's got this like hysterical dry humor and um, you know, he's so funny and obviously like has good connections with people. But yeah, I think he was just unfortunately not feeling well and that, I think impacted, you know, just how we approached that part of the game. I guess the last thing that I'll say before we go to the next day is that night, just like weather wise, you know, the first night I described, it was like pouring rain and we were like, you know, in that tarp with mosquitoes. 
The second night was super different. It didn't rain. And so we were thrilled. We're like, oh my God, this is amazing. We're going to have a dry night. Um, and, and so we got this fire going, but then I remember, so I slept actually for maybe two hours and, and I should, I should say Mandy and Meg got the fire going. I shouldn't put myself in that. It wasn't, a, it wasn't a we, it was definitely them. Um, but, uh, so then I was sleeping and then all of a sudden though, I just remember waking up and being freezing and the temperature had dropped dramatically. And as we were all sleeping, our fire was dying out and it was still, I mean, obviously who knows what time it was, but it was like super dark out. And so it seemed like it was still early in the night. And so, um, so Kewu and I got up and cause I was like, there's no way I can just lie here. I am so cold. We have to like keep this fire going. And so we got up and just tried to keep the fire alive. But the problem was we had like earlier con- collected all this firewood, but then we like depleted our supply of firewood. And so I just remember he and I for like, I don't even know, two hours were just literally in the pitch black roaming around camp just trying to touch branches and twigs and sticks that were like on the ground or that we could break off with trees to keep the fire going and it was honestly pretty brutal because it was freezing and it was pitch black but it was also kind of one of those like epically amazing like bonding experiences because it's like we are out here we are actually like playing this game and like trying to manage and handle the elements. Um, and it just was cool to have that experience together. And then over time, other people in the tribe woke up and then we started taking shifts. And then I think, you know, Caitlin and Jake were keeping the fire alive and others of us, I remember being like literally just in fetal position in the dirt right next to the fire, like trying to stay warm as they were keeping it going. But anyway, it was kind of a brutal night, but you know, a great survival challenge memory and a cool bonding experience to have with that crew. Did Holly's scary stories scary at all? Or was it more just scared of the temperature? Or was there any, I'm right. I was writing a book on the paranormal on our campus. I wasn't sure if anything weird happened in the woods. No, (laughs) no, that did not scare us. I think what scared us was Holly's uncanny ability to sleep anywhere while sitting sitting, like straight Mm -hmm. up with her head just like rested on her chest. I mean, that was, um, I think she talked about that in her podcast, but we all witnessed that, um, that night. It was, it was quite impressive. Any fun, like, uh, well, actually you already mentioned, uh, one, but like any other fun stories that happened over the night? Uh, I'm trying to think if there was anything else. Mm. Not that I remember, though I'm sure they existed. It's always like looking back, those are always some of the most fun times. It's just spending time together at camp during the nights. Oh, it totally was. It was great. You know, it's, it's you know, you love it and hate it all at the same time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, coming into the next morning, unfortunately, it gets a little less fun in some regards. As you mentioned, it's nice to have that day where it's just the reward challenges and you're just doing it for the fun of it. But, uh, now you're getting to these challenges that have consequences at the end where losers have to go to the tribal council. And that's a lot less fun. Uh, you know, you're all here to have fun and, you know, sending people home is a little less fun, but it's what you're all here for at the end of the day. So it does make it a little bit more real. Oh, for sure. I mean, 
I mean, every challenge, I really, I thought going into it that the stakes of the challenges, especially right when we had to go to tribal, um, would really like psych me out. I was like, oh my God, I'm going to be like so nervous going into these challenges because what if I totally mess up and lose it for my tribe? But I think because the challenges were just so amazing, every challenge, it's, they still were so, so fun. But of course, there, I, there was absolutely, we stepped it up in terms of our level of intensity and anxiety because we did not want to have to go to tribal. So the first two uh, challenges you guys made managed to skate by, by uh, doing just enough to not uh, go to tribal council. And those two challenges were you had the, uh, the blindfold challenge and then uh, you had uh, we just talked about this the other day, Michael. What was the second the challenge? The blocks. The blocks, or is that this one you were just talking about? That was the one I was just talking about. The blocks yeah. with the blindfold, and then oh, the Drop water. Off the water one, yeah. Yeah. How are those challenges for you? Oh my god! Now, you guys, these are the sorts of details that I will totally <laughs> not remember. <laughs> I don't. <laughs> I actually think the dropping off the water one. You know, if that rings a bell, I think I might have. I think I sat out for that challenge um, where people were filling filling containers of water and passing them to each other. If I'm thinking about the right one, because I also remember I sat out and Kelsey um, from another tribe was sitting out. And because Kelsey was one of these people who during One World, I was like, she seems super fun and cool. I would work with her. Um, we, we, broached that topic from the sidelines and said, Hey, if we ever have a chance to work together, let's do it. Um, we never did have that opportunity. It would have been fun, but we did kind of make that mini connection in the moment. Um, but yeah, um, I, I don't remember the full details of those challenges. The one challenge that I do remember that I think was on that first day that was so, um, Oh no, that was pre tribe swap. Well, I'll go back to it anyway, because it was a moment. But so on our original tribe, there was, remember that challenge where we had to like run around the pond and jump over like the bales of hay, those mm-hmm. huge hay bales. I remember it was me, Kewu, and Maddie. And there is like this amazing photo of the three of us like sprint out and we leap over that hay bale. And I think there's this photo of Maddie leaping and Kewu like turning around to like grab her arm like in midair and then they both like went over the hay bale um and it was just uh it was quite a moment um so that was for sure one of my favorite challenges but William sorry I'm going out of order that was from a previous <laughs> we'll, we'll add that in we'll cut it back yeah. okay great yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. we'll fix it in post yeah no um <laughs> That's totally fine. The the one that you guys didn't do so well in the next was the uh, the food eating. Oh wait, no, that was actually after. So no, that was fine. What was the one that you guys lost? The um, fire guys, challenge. Fire I think challenge. after the fire challenge. Oh man, that was devastating because you know we've got our fire making ringer, um, Mandy, who's just I mean she's truly so talented at making fire, and so of course we're like, oh my god, this is amazing. We're, we're going to, we're going to rock this. And Mandy felt confident too. And, and Mandy was always great about, I'm so impressed by Mandy. Just side note on Mandy. She is someone who, she was on my original tribe and then she was on Fala too with me. And she was the, you know, Kayla was, you know, 
ride or die till the end. But Mandy's the person that I wanted to be in our final three. Um, great relationship builder. We like always strategized on stuff and I just had a lot of trust in her. Um, so we'll get back to how that alliance faltered down the line. But what I was going to say about Mandy is one thing that's so impressed me about Mandy is I just felt like in so many challenges, she just demonstrated just courage. Like she would always step up to the plate and do the part of the challenge that was high visibility and complex. And that's awesome. Cause in a lot of those cases, again, it's like, well, I don't know. I don't necessarily want that spotlight because if I mess up, people will point to me and I'll contribute to another area, maybe where I feel more confident. Um, but anyway, she would always step up to the plate and she did it in that fire challenge. Unfortunately, I think the fates were just against us and ended up having a really hard time building fire. And so we fell behind and ultimately did not win that challenge. Um, so that was brutal. And again, it was one of those moments too, where I think, you know, Mandy stepping up to, to do the hard part and then not winning, you know, I think just people then put a lot of pressure on themselves and, and feel badly um, when the tribe doesn't win. But, you know, she, she stepped it up um, to try to lead the team. And so I commend her for that. But yeah, we, we lost the challenge. And so that was unfortunate. So uh, explain how this, your first tribal council experience went down for you. Well, I mean, in some ways it's, you know, it's fun to go to tribal for the first time just to experience it. I mean, you don't really want to go to tribal, but then just being a total survivor nerd, it is also fun um, to go. And I, uh, I mean, I think ultimately I felt really good going into tribal because at Fala, like we had the numbers and I had enough relationships and trust with people where I was, you know, pretty confident that, um, that it would go the way that we wanted and the way that I wanted. And, you know, like I was sharing before, um, I felt it was best for my game for, Caitlin to be the one, um, that went home, um, and ultimately was able to get the folks in my Alliance to, to change their votes, um, uh, to vote off Caitlin. And so she went home, although it's always just so brutal because like Caitlin's awesome and she was like killer in challenges. Um, and so it's, you know, brutal to have to send someone from your tribe home, but I definitely think it was the, the right choice. And so glad that it played out that way. Did the vote surprise you any with, wasn't, you know, super cut and dry. There was that, you know, three people got votes. Was that expected? And was there any, you know, going back, any issues with that? You know, I can't remember all of those details, but one of the things that I was wondering is I can't remember if because Benji was close to Caitlin and obviously, and he told us about that and was super honest about it, but he also was really just kind of agonizing over casting a vote for her. And part of me wonders if, is there any chance that Benji voted for somebody else because he knew that we had the numbers anyway for Caitlin to go home and he just didn't, I don't know. I wonder if that, if that's why three people got votes. I don't remember. Okay. Well, I can, you, did you guys post game and you, you know that, do you know who did what or do you want me to tell you or do you, do you tell me? Cause I, I forget. Yeah. Yeah. No. Yeah. So Caitlin and Holly voted for Jake. And then Jake voted for Benji. Then you all voted for Caitlin. So, oh, okay. Okay. Got yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So Benji did vote for Caitlin. Okay. Yeah. 
Yeah, the yeah the Jakes were Caitlin and Holly. So okay, well that that's interesting. So it's interesting to have that play back because yeah, I didn't remember those details, but it is interesting that ultimately Caitlin in the end did vote for Jake. Um, so okay, got it. There was a, a memorable moment that wasn't really on your tribe, but it's I think it's it was extremely memorable for the game and production. Uh, a lot of like train wreck dumpster fire a couple moments. What were your were you aware of that? And what what was your interact what was your just vibe on that? You know, I, <laughs> I don't think I was super aware of those details, other than I think I was just like, what is going on over there? And I think remind me of one of the moments, but I do think there was a dramatic moment when we were all had arrived at a challenge. And I think this was after the tribal council where things did not go. It was after their second tribal and there had been like, you know, people thought other things were happening. There was like a melee, like right by the memorial steps for the people that passed away from our challenge. But then there's this super verbal showdown and it was just, it was interesting to watch as a producer. Then you're like, when do you step in? Like how many F-bombs does it warrant somebody saying, Hey, you might just want to not use that in front of (laughs) like the little kids. Right. I mean, well, I can't wait. Once the episodes are all edited, I cannot wait to go back and watch that. Hopefully it makes it despite all the, the bleeps. Um, I mean, (laughs) the only thing I remember in that moment was just like, Whoa, that sounds like a lot of drama. And I am so glad that I am not on that tribe Um, (laughs) because I just think I like, oh man, to be, I mean, I am someone who is conflict averse. Um, I do not enjoy conflict. And so, you know, if I can avoid it, I will. And so if I was on a tribe that had that kind of conflict, oh, it would have been brutal. So I'm glad I was with Fala. Well, there you go. The next challenge was the, um, the gross food eating challenge. Uh, was that one that you were dreading or were aware that was coming up? Yes. Well, I assumed that there would be a gross food eating challenge and I was dreading it because whenever I play survivor with my friends, there's always a gross food eating challenge. And I have, I think a pretty strong like gag reflex. Like I have some friends who they can take anything down and they just like, you know, if it's in liquid form, they can just chug any kind of combination of things. And for me, it is harder. And so I was like, Oh my God, I do not again want to be someone who messes up a challenge like this for my tribe. So I was definitely nervous about it. Um, but then when I saw what, at least what some of the options were and what people were gravitating toward and not, I felt okay because like right in the middle was the, like the two pieces of, um, squid. And I think that's what it was, right? Was it squid? Is that, um, I think so. Yeah. Yeah, I believe and, so. And some people, I mean, there were things, you know, there was the, what was it that Mandy and then ultimately Kewu did? It was like the fermented tofu or something. Um, yeah. It was like the hardest one or Ooh, one of the hardest ones. Tofu. But some people didn't want to do the squid. Like, Oh, yeah, that's right. I remember Katie on the other tribe had a really tough time with squid. But I don't know, for me, it's like I eat squid. Um, you know, it was just like, this is just like a really big piece of non-fried like calamari like i can do this um and so and there were just enough people who like didn't want to do it that i was like perfect i can make it seem like 
I'm kind of taking one for the team and doing something hard, which is eating the squid. But in my mind, it wasn't actually hard. And so I was like, awesome. Oh, I can handle this. Um, and I'm really glad I didn't get put on. Oh my God. What was the thing? What was the fish? Uh, the fish that was the Jake, Jake. And then I think maybe even Kwu helped with that too, potentially, but I don't know. There it's were not. It's not in the notes, so I can't like give it to you verbatim because yeah. they always whip that stuff out of the last minute. And like, oh yeah, we're pulling this food out. I'm like, okay, right, right. I mean, so I felt good like doing my part, um, but you know, of course, uh, I think wasn't. I think Mandy chose the tofu because she had an advantage where if she chose it and then it was like a sabotage advantage basically. Um, and if she chose it and didn't finish it, she would get some kind of advantage. And I was like, wow. Well, you know, I said, I was like, Mandy, I was so impressed about her courage for stepping up to like do the hardest one. But then actually it seems like she had an ulterior motive and she, there was an advantage to be earned by not finishing it. Um, but, you know, props to Kewu for eating everything. I mean, Kewu, uh, of course, you know, he'll says, he says like, you know, this was fine. This is like so much of this is like Asian food that I like grew up eating. Um, uh, so uh, I appreciate him for really taking on most of the lift and finishing a lot of the food for the team. Added advantage, you know, being a person of color, he had, you know, challenges, but one of the perks is that. And we actually aggravated before we left Maine our last season production wise I, a couple of the grocers we were like we want some of your gross food and we offended the grocer like what do you mean gross food this is just a grocery this is what we this is the food what we sell this is what people eat and I was like ooh so then we had to start mailing in interesting items and it just shows up and it stinks when it's in the mail and you're like this is going to be horrible oh, let's give it to the players yay perfect Well, after this, you had a small break of Tribal Council, but after that small victory, you ended up going to Tribal Council again. Um, and do you feel like it was kind of like just chugging along, or do you feel like decisions were quickly becoming harder? Um, I think that it was still relatively easy for us, because again, it would have gone Caitlin. I guess Caitlin and then Jake. And mm. yeah, I mean, even though Kewu had initially not wanted to get rid of Jake because he saw him as someone that, you know, he built a bit of a connection with and that he could trust, you know, it ultimately just was not in the cards. I don't think that he, I don't think that Kewu at that point was like fighting. Like, I don't think he wanted to switch it up to, get rid of someone from our original one world tribe out instead of, uh, Jake or, or Holly. So I think it ultimately was pretty straightforward at that point. And, and, you know, we'll get to this of course, but it would have been <laughs> a really straightforward Holly vote too, eventually, if it were not for triple tribal. Mm. Yeah. Any, uh, of the vote outs from the whole lot of tribe that surprised you so far? Um, any of the votes from the Halada tribe that survived? Uh, so, who went? Who went out from it? Was you had Stu, Stu, yeah. I mean, I think I, I didn't. You know, so early on in the game, and you're just in the zone. Like, I don't think I had had any kind of insight to know whether it made sense that Stu or Morgan went home, or if those were big surprises or anything. Um, so I didn't have a sense. I mean, I guess I was not surprised 
ultimately when Jamie went home, just given, you know, the blow up that you described earlier, it, you know, not knowing the details of the dynamics on that tribe, it doesn't surprise me that then folks, if they weren't already, you know, had a plan to vote Jamie out, that they might have switched plans to vote him out. Um, you know, I forget ultimately how that all went down, but I guess that to me was not not a surprise. Was uh, Tamanga's success, you only had to go to tribal twice before the triple tribal. Was Tamanga's success worrisome or were you glad with the dynamics of who they had? Was that was that ultimately good for for you or would have been more advantageous if they had gone to a tribal? And that's Tamanga? a good question. I hadn't even really thought about that. I mean, I think for the most part, I was psyched that they were winning because I had old, you know, tribe mates mm-hmm. over there. Like, you know, Devin was over there and, and Maddie and Tiffany were there. And mm-hmm. I think especially just to be able to see, I think I had hopes in particular of at some point being able to reconnect with Devin. So if his tribe was winning, I was like, that's awesome. Um, but that didn't necessarily work out in my favor down the road. So maybe it would have been helpful. Not if Devin got the boot, but maybe if other folks on the, on that tribe, you know, if they had lost and some other folks had went home, that could have potentially helped me, but you know, hard to say. Mm-hmm. Well, you mentioned it before, but now comes the triple tribal, but you have this challenge where you could basically gain some safety. Do you feel like you needed safety in that moment or do you feel like you just needed to win so someone else didn't get safety who were supposed to go home? I, um, exactly. I don't, I didn't necessarily think that, um, that I needed safety, but you know, we went into that wanting, you know, we wanted to stick together and we wanted, uh, Holly to go. And so I think, uh, for us, as long as someone in that group, uh, in our group got the safety, that was good, but I, I wasn't specifically nervous. No. All right. Well, after that challenge happened, there was another opportunity for safety at tribal council. And it was a really dramatic experience. And I, I imagine you have a lot to say about everything that happened there. Yeah, I know. Oh my goodness. Yeah. Triple tribal really threw a wrench in things. Uh, I mean, but what an epic twist. I mean, that was awesome. Like the drama that, that it created. So well done on coming up with that concept and the idea that people could make the pitch to, to save themselves. Um, yeah, you know, I mean, Holly, she crushed it in that moment. I mean, she, I mean, obviously the whole time we were on follow, like we had like great relationships with Holly and it was like super fun to hang out with her. Like I was describing, but ultimately like she knew that she was on the bottom. We knew that she was on the bottom. And, you know, every time you're like scrambling to strategize it, you know, it's because I think it was just so obvious. It's almost like, it's like a little, I don't know. You don't fully, I mean, this is a little bit of a regret regret. Sometimes I watch the show and you realize as the show goes along that people who have been on a tribe together for so long, even if they're not in each other's core Alliance, I, you realize that they don't have strong relationships with people outside of their alliance. And part of me is like, come on, folks. Like, you are sitting around camp constantly for hours. You got nothing to do. Like, build relationships. Like, get to know people. Like, create some fake alliances with them or whatever. But just, like, secure that. Like, you like you should do that. Um, but I feel like I didn't follow my own advice uh, with 
when Holly was on our tribe in Fala because yeah, we had a great relationship and had fun hanging out, but I never really went to Holly to like strategize about the next vote or, or even, you know, fake that I wanted to build some like bond or other alliance with her. So then, you know, by the time it got later in the game, like, and she said this in her podcast, like she had zero reason um, to want to like work with anyone else. And so of course, when it came time for people at Triple Tribal to make a pitch to be saved, Holly jumped right up and gave a impassioned and compelling pitch as to why people should give her immunity. And they did. And she deserved it in that moment. <laughs> but it uh, definitely threw a wrench in our plan. So it, it's crazy because, you know, after that, you're trying to reel and figure out, okay, what do we do from here? But you don't even really have much time to really think about it because we have this freaking weather evacuation that happens immediately after. I say immediately after, but not even immediately after. It was started kind of during and we had to rush that tribal to get you guys out of there. Uh, that was supposed to be later at night, all at night and oh, stupid weather. Mm. Yeah. Um, what was that experience like for you and the drama, the weather added to the whole dramatic situation? Hey guys, I just, I put something in the chat just to pause. Would it be okay if we paused for a few minutes and I came back to you? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, um, yeah, my, uh, so Micah, my son, he's not home right now, but he just called on the phone and I want to make sure that I have a chance to chat with him for a few minutes. Is that okay? Can sure. we just do like a break and, I, and then we can yep. come back? Okay. Absolutely. Thanks. We'll take a quick bathroom break and we'll come right back. Okay. Thanks guys. No problem. Holly gives the pitch, but I think William or Michael, you asked a question, but I, I didn't hear it. Yeah, I said like um, trying to figure out how you felt about what happened, but I'm sure it must have been hard as, you know, you the whole tribal process had to be even rushed because of the whole weather evac situation. Oh my God, right, the weather. Yeah, I mean, it was chaos because I think that we all just, you know, we just went in there being like, okay, it's going to be Holly. We got this on lock, but you know, classic game, we were throwing a twist. And so we had to scramble and figure out something different. I think, so, I mean, it had to be is, I don't remember, did any of us have immunity? Was anyone safe besides Holly? Must've been right. Although, I, oh no, because it was an individual. I, I forget. Anyway, the point is it was either going to be me, Kewu, Benji, Mandy, or Meg. So like, those were the people we had to choose from who were from our original tribe. And I guess for me, even though I did not want to vote out anyone in my tribe, original tribe, I, to me, it just had to be Meg. And it goes back to what I shared earlier, even though me, Kewu, and Meg had made that final three alliance, like of the group, she is the one who had just sowed this like little bit of doubt in my mind, given that she was, you know, rightfully upset that she got picked last in the tribe pick. And she had made a comment about, switching it up and doing an all girls thing. And I just thought it, it just made me think at some point down the line, especially once we merge and, you know, there's going to be lots of blind sides. Like I just think that she might flip on me at some point. And so I, she had to go. And I remember it was so hard though, because Kewu did not want her to go. I think, he, I think his choice at that moment was to send home Mandy, but I really, 
I trusted Mandy immensely. And so, and I felt, I felt bad being so, you know, I feel like this is a moment where I got really <laughs> my like controlling, influencing self came out. I was, I felt bad. Like here we are, me and Kewu, we trust each other. We're in alliance. We've always been so aligned. And now here's this moment where we're not, and we want to vote out someone different. And I think I felt badly not wanting to compromise um, in that moment. Um, but I ultimately just pushed hard and I guess successfully because I just thought that Meg was a risk to my game. And so then we ultimately decided to vote Meg out and that's what happened, which was a bummer. But I think for me, it was the best thing in those circumstances. Who'd you, uh, want to give safety to and did that, did it end up panning out for you? Oh yeah. I gave safety to two people. If I remember correctly, um, I gave safety to Joe, um, because he was someone that I just, you know, again, from like across the fields and in challenges, I just felt like, you know, he's someone that seems to me that, I don't know, I just get a good vibe from that I could trust and that if we are ever on the same tribe, I would love to work with him. And so I gave safety to Joe. And then the other person is, I don't know, this might've been a bad move, who knows, but I was, I was sitting next to Maddie on the, at tribal who I think was sitting next to Kewu. And I was like, let's, put all of, let's put our other votes on Devin because I really wanted to work with Devin in the future. And I didn't know what his tribe dynamics were. So I was like, well, if we can keep Devin safe in his tribe, then, you know, that keeps him in the game longer. And then hopefully I can work with him later. And so we put our votes on Devin. Um, and I think he got, I think, did he get the safety? I think he wasn't pleased with it because he got so many votes and it was like weird. It's like, why are people saving Devin? And so I think it kind of, I don't know. It like brought attention to him that he didn't want. And I think people assumed that his former tribe was trying to save him. So I don't think it, it didn't, it didn't end up hurting his game or anything, but anyway, I just thought like, Hey, let's rally the troops and try to save Devin. Cause maybe that'll help me later in the game. Yeah. I was surprised when, when Devin got it and especially with Alex's plea, I was like, what, what the heck's going on here? But okay. Was, all right. <laughs> yeah. And now, uh, Take us through the process of, you know, you get a little throwback to One World as you're now being thrown into the garage with all the other contestants because of the weather evac. Um, oh my God. I know it was kind of one of these moments where, I mean, there are a few things that stand out for me from that experience where, yeah, I guess, I mean, what did someone describe it as just like the hail was the size of not even golf balls? Was it like salt? It's a softball? tennis ball size hail. Balls. Yeah, I've never even heard that before. I know, um, me either. That's that's terrifying. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah, it sounded like it was legit weather, really stepped it up a notch. Um, I mean, two things. One thing I remember, which is about the weather, was just, it. you know, it was nice to get relief from the rain and to be indoors. And... And even though like I fully want like the survivor experience and to be in the elements, I was kind of just like, oh, maybe we'll just get to stay here. And that would be nice too. <laughs> and so maybe, maybe we can all just stay in this garage all night. Obviously that did not pan out and that's good because, you know, we got to have the full experience and be out there. Um, but that did cross my mind that that might be nice. Um, the other thing that stands out for me too is, is that Kewu shared with us what 
why one of the reasons why he really wanted to keep Meg in the game and why it was really hard for him to vote her out. And that's because, you know, Meg was one of the only, only other few people of color in the whole game. And, and, you know, Kay being a person of color too, like knows from personal experience, like the challenges that come from that and from being different, um, especially in a group where pretty much everybody is white. And, and so it, it mattered to him a lot that, you know, we had to the degree that we like representation matters and that mattered to him. And he wanted to keep Meg in the game. And, um, yeah, it was just a really important conversation for us to have. And I appreciate that he just opened up about it and was vulnerable about it, um, and shared that with us. And yeah, and that's something, um, yeah. And that was also just so hard, especially, you know, for me being, being white and also watching survive. I mean, survivor, the show has like, you know, this season, there's like a super diverse cast uh, and that was like really intentional. But even over the years, like you look back at, you know, there's data and statistics that have been run that like people of color are disproportionately voted out early in survivor. And, um, uh, and that is very real. And those are like racial dynamics at play. And so, um, yeah. So, you know, the point that he made was like a good one. Um, and I think that was just, yeah, just like a good conversation for us to have in that moment. Um, and so I appreciated that he brought it up. And we appreciate those, you know, I mean, we didn't really record that, but you know, those real moments, I mean, people complain about that, about the real show, but that's been going on since season one, like real life yeah, things right. to be, you know, a part of it. So we appreciate that. And from a casting perspective, if you're a person of color and you're listening to this podcast, please make a tape in January because no offense to 18 to 25 year old white dudes. Cause I used to be an 18 to 25 <laughs> year old white dude, but that's like 70% of our applicants and we love you to death. We, we always need a couple young, young dudes to whatever, but we really want to diversify our cast. You know, female casting is always tricky. You know, persons of color is also tricky. So, you know, put in, put in that application, please. Yeah. No, I think that's great. I mean, I definitely think that, uh, you know, representation matters and, you know, you bring a more diverse group of people together and it's also just more interesting um, uh, as well, just because you have people from, you know, different perspectives and, and life backgrounds and experiences. And so it makes for a good game. And I feel like that's even playing out right now on Survivor 41. Like, I'm loving this season. Um, uh, and that's one of the, the reasons it's awesome to have a diverse group of folks. Well, the, well, the weather finally subsided after some funky team building and interesting conversations in a garage. Yes. Um, and then what, what, what happened, you know, a little later that evening and what, well, what was your reaction to that? Well, I remember, I mean, Michael, I remember that you were, were with us as we went back to our camp. And I mean, even though the weather subsided, the weather was still, brutal that night um, from what I remember um, maybe there were not tennis size uh, tennis ball size hail falling but it was still pouring rain and I remember we had to go back back to our camp oh no wait didn't we do a swap something else happened right before then yes oh my god we swapped right that is correct oh my god yeah Yes. Wait, a little interesting gender dynamics. Walk us through how, how that came to be. Because as a producer, I don't want to be, you know, 
you know, sexist, but I was pretty anxious on paper when you look at the the two swap tribes. So. Yeah, well, I mean, what I remember it was this was also like an interesting. It was an interesting way the swap played out, um, and I think we all, you know, remind me if I'm butchering some of the the details, but I think we all had to reach into a hat and pull out a challenge buck, and if we had the you know, four people maybe got like the a different color challenge buck. And so they were the captains and had to pick one person to join them. And then, and then those two people had to pick two people to join them or whatever, something along those lines. And so like the groups kind of like slowly coalesced and the came together um, uh, so that we had two tribes and, you know, again, classic, it's like, Oh my God, like, please let this work out for me. But what was great is that for me, again, it ended up working out nicely. And this is just where like luck comes into play sometimes in Survivor. Uh, So I think Benji had a pick. He got to pick um, one of the first people to pick and he picked me. And so that was great because he and I had a close relationship and alliance. And so I was thrilled to be with Benji. And then of course, you know, I wanted to be with Kewu because he was my number one, but I think Kewu and whoever his pair was, I think it was Joe. Kewu and Joe were a pair. They got picked from someone else and was like, oh my God, we're going to get separated. So me and Benji, we couldn't pick them. So we picked Tiffany and Jake. Um, I hadn't really interacted at all with Jake in the game. We hadn't inter, we hadn't really engaged. So that was new, but with Tiffany, so was on my original group. So it was back with Tiffany. So that was awesome. So it was me, Benji, Tiffany, and Jake. But then, thankfully, we then joined forces with Kewu, Joe, Chris, and Devin. And that was so amazing because, again, Kewu was my final two. Devin was the other person who originally was like, I wanted to be in my final three. And then Joe was the one that I tried to save in the um, triple tribal because I wanted to vote for him. And Chris, like I also said in the beginning, from day one, he was someone that I just felt really drawn to and would love to play with. And so for me, I was like, oh my God, this is like a dream team for me. So I felt I felt great about the way the swap played out. But yeah, to your point, Michael, it was like all guys except for Tiffany. Um, and honestly, yeah, I don't know how that all played out. Um, I don't know what the commentary is on that, but yeah, that was uh, disproportionate for sure. And then we headed back to the new the new yes. camp. Then we headed back, and that was just an experience. I mean, honestly, it was pouring rain, and we had to put together our shelter for this expanded group. I think we might have been given an additional tarp. We, I think we were given some new materials. And so, mm. but I remember, I think Michael, maybe it was you who told us this. I had never heard this expression before, but you were really clear with us. Given the storm, we had to put our, our shelter in a specific place. And we it couldn't, you know, for me, I'm like, Oh, we got to go like go under the trees because that'll give us the most shelter. But you said that we couldn't be underneath widow makers. And I had never heard that before, but just the idea of these branches that could fall on you and like seriously injure or kill you in, you know, inclement weather. And so that, I, that I think I picked that up from somebody else. I don't want to take credit for that. I've heard it like with other means, but I must've subconsciously said that, but I might've heard that from Rodney. 
Okay. Uh, yeah. The, the proprietor, the, I would just, you know, and I'm also working student housing. So I'm always like risk assessment. Yes. Like I want you to be safe, but I really want you to be super safe and not be yeah. there. Well, I appreciated that. I am risk averse. And so when I heard that, I was like, Oh my God, we got to make sure this shelter is in the right place. So anyway, I just, at least for me, I don't know if anyone else, but I was like, okay, it was like pouring rain. It was pitch black. We got to watch out for where we put the shelter. And then we started to put, um, yeah, we started to put the shelter together. And I forget, I, I feel like, you know, we figured out something. I remember working with Devin on the shelter. We figured out something that actually like, I thought we put together a really nice shelter. I also remember I was like desperately trying, I did not pack well. I mean, maybe this is speaks to my lack of great preparation for a survival challenge, but for whatever reason, I hate being cold. I, I hate even being chilly. So I decided that for my jacket, it was going to be one that was warm. And so I opted not to bring a waterproof jacket of like a raincoat of any kind. And so of course that panned out to be a disaster for me because it was just like raining all the time. So, I mean, if you look at like any photos or videos of me during this game, I always kept my, I always kept my warm, uh, like jacket, dry. I never brought it with me in the rain. I always kept it like in our chest or in the tent so that it would be dry at night when it was going to be the most cold. Um, but as a result, I was just like always soaking wet. And so anyway, I do also remember this moment where I really wanted to get into my dry clothes that I had preserved. And so I just had to I don't know. I feel like this is the time where you've been with these people and you're bracing the elements for these days. I just remember I was like, you know, folks, I need to drop trow and like completely change. And so I'm just going to do that over here in this corner. And we're just at that point now um, uh, in survival challenge. And so I remember that was part of my evening as I got into my warm clothes. Um, yeah. And then eventually I just remember Michael, you being like, okay, we got to go. You guys are on your own now. <laughs> you can't, no more flashlight for you as you set up the shelter. So that started um, another rough night of elements at camp. Yeah, you guys had the world's shortest survival challenge shelter ever. I was just so low to the ground, but it, I guess it did it work. The it did, no, it did work. Um, right, it was low to the ground, but we had I think we had got some sticks that we got to stick straight up, and we were able to kind of somehow tie the tarp so that they would be propped up by these sticks. And it really did lead to some good runoff um, that kept us dry ish. I mean, I think I was, I think I was, I don't know. I think I was at the edge, you know, the classic, I think Holly talked about this, but if you are at the edge of the tarp, you are definitely going to get puddles of water collecting under you. And I think that may have happened to me that night, but um, anyway, I do think I will say, I was, I was proud of us for that shelter. I thought we did well. Yes. Um, going into the next day, you know, as you had a whole night to talk and maybe some morning and some, what did you think of your new tribe and what was your plan before you headed into the next challenges? Well, so I remember, I mean, a lot of us stayed up most of that night just because, you know, the weather wasn't great. It was hard to sleep. And so one by one, we were all kind of sitting outside in the cold, huddled. I can't remember if it was raining or raining off and on, but 
you know, it was kind of miserable, but you know, again, it was one of these like bonding experiences. And so it was cool to actually get to spend time with some people that I hadn't spent time with. So like Chris and Joe, for example, um, were up that night. And so that was, even though it was miserable and we were just like waiting for the birds to start chirping, which was always the signal that we had like reached morning and the sun was about to come out. Um, and we were waiting for that to happen. But in the meantime, you know, got to like bond and spend time with awesome people. And so that was great. There wasn't, at least for me, I didn't do any like that night. I didn't do any side conversations with people that I remember or any kind of real strategizing, but I think it was more so just, you know, bonding with the new group. Um, uh, and so that was a good way to, to enter into the next day. And so I think like overall thinking about that group, I think overall I felt good because it's like, okay, I got, I got Kewu and Benji and, um, I think Kewu and I both felt confident that we had like this kind of inherent trust going with Joe where we could work with Joe. And I think I also just felt that ultimately we would reunite with Devin. And even though he had obviously been off on another tribe and doing his own thing and forming new alliances, I just felt like he could be with us. Um, uh, and I thought that I could get something going with Chris. And I think Kewu did too. We had conversations with Chris uh, on that new tribe at different points. So it wasn't, um, it wasn't a done deal. Like our position wasn't as like numbers wise, it wasn't as clear cut as it was on Fala. Like we had work to do, but I think my overall impression was like, we can do this and there are inroads and pathways that we can, that we can make to be successful. Very nice. Anything to add to that, Michael? I don't believe so. All right. Well, it's a new day for challenges and more travel councils. Um, let's see. I'm trying to pull up my notes again here. Starting for out a new, the day, new challenge. Yeah, brand new yeah, challenge. St- starting out the day, you guys unfortunately had it pretty rough. Uh, went right into... What was that first challenge, Michael? It was the podium balance. That's right. Yeah. Um, and uh, unfortunately, you guys just go straight to tribal. And I it was know. a pretty rough one, too. It I might was. <laughs> it was that one for me was so hard. Um, yeah. I mean, basically, I think we went into tribal again. Me, Kewu, and Benji were three, and then we felt pretty confident with Joe, so it was four, against Chris and Jake and Tiffany and Devin. Um, so it was four and four, but all leading up to that, you know, we're having a ton of conversations where, you know, we're talking to Chris about, like, what we can make happen, but more importantly in that moment, it was, like, the easiest thing to happen, I think, for me was to, like, reunite with Devin. And I think I was just so, you know, wrongly so. I just assumed, I was like, Devin, like, why wouldn't Devin want to come back over with us? Like, sure, he's been with Chris and Jake for a little bit, but like, you know, I think you you should want to work with us. And he was giving us assurances that he did want to. And of course, there's tons of back and forth. And so it was like, you know, trying to figure out how solid that was. But ultimately he said that, you know, that he would come over and work with us. But then we get to tribal and we vote and it is a four, four tie. Um, and it was four votes for Benji 
Um, they voted, the four of them voted for Benji and we voted for Chris. I forget why we decided to vote for Chris because he is someone that I wanted to work with, but there must have been, there must have been kind of strategic reason. I mean, he's a great player, so maybe we just thought that, you know, he was a threat, but we decided to vote um, for Chris um, and it was a tie and I was just shocked. Um, and so I just immediately, um, I was sitting next to Chris and I turned, or excuse me, I was sitting next to Jake and I turned to Jake and I was basically like, like, will you switch your vote? Will you switch your vote off of Benji to Chris? And he just looked at me and he just gave me these eyes that were like, absolutely not. Um, and then Devin was all the way across from me down the bench. And I turned to Devin with these just like pleading eyes. I was like, Devin, like, you know, switch. And he just kind of looked at me with the, he just shook his head. No. And I was like, Oh my God, they're not going to flip. And if we just vote Benji, Chris again, this is going to go to rocks. And for me, it was just way too early in the game to go to rocks and potentially get sent home from picking, you know, the wrong rock. I think for me going into this game at minimum, I just wanted to make it, I wanted to make it to the merge and be on the jury. It's just like, if I, you know, like so many people like that is like a, a benchmark of success. And I just felt like we are still multiple tribals away from that. And I, you know, I just did not want to do that. And so in my head, I was like, well, I think I'm going to switch my vote and, and vote out Benji. But honestly, I don't remember if any of you were, Michael, were you there at, were you, I think you were often stationed potentially at the voting station, but I, agonized over it i mean i you were yeah you were you were thinking about it because we we don't i don't know if i i think i came back out for the chat i don't know if i stayed back i don't know i don't remember if you were there but i mean i just remember you know picking up that marker and having the vote in front of me and i just agonized over it and took so long to vote and and i think it was like for so many different reasons one is like i didn't want to vote out Benji, like he was a friend. He was a super close Alliance member through the whole game. Um, and so I didn't actually want him to go home. I also was really, really nervous that I was going to, that choosing to vote him out would be like an impulsive move that in the moment, like seemed smart to me because I was saving myself. But then anyone else like watching at home would be like, Oh my God, like, what are you doing? Like, that is such an obvious mistake. Like, why did he do that? And so I was actually just like petrified that I was about to do something like that. Um, I knew that I knew that Kaylu would be mad because it's not like we had a chance to talk about it. We weren't allowed to like actually talk and discuss at tribal um, in between. So I knew that he would not be thrilled, but I also thought that we had enough like trust in each other that we could like get over that hurdle and repair. Um, and, you know, also I was also just putting myself in lower numbers because, you know, then it was going to be um, four against uh, three. So that, anyway, there are all these reasons that like just seemed agonizing, but I think ultimately it just got back to, I will regret it forever. If I go home on a rock before the merge um, in theory, if this all works out, it could be a great, like considered a bold, like resume building move down the line. And, um, and I also just saw, even though I didn't want Benji to go, I just saw pathways for me and for me and Kaywoo to keep going, even without Benji. I was like, this will be an obstacle, but I think we can still move forward. And so, and so I did it and, and, you know, it was brutal and I can't believe I'm like that guy that flipped on, on like the revote. I just feel like there's <laughs> something about that that is like, oh my God, I can't believe that was me. But honestly, I like 
don't regret it for a second and I would do it again. How'd you uh, get with after the, you know, you guys left, how'd you, you know, calm Kwu down? He was pretty chill anyway, but what was yeah. the conversation like after that? Yeah. Well, I mean, we were walking back and I think everyone was just like really confused. Like who did that? Like who flipped? I think people, I think people thought it was Joe. Um, and, uh, I forget how long it took me to like collectively fess up for it. Or if I let, let people think it was Joe, <laughs> I don't remember, but with Kwu as we were walking back and I just immediately, I just told him, I was like, it was me. And he was, shocked but we were able to once we got back to camp i think we were able to go off to like the water station and i just shared my rationale and at first i think he was just really upset because he was his first reaction was like why didn't you just talk to me about it like why didn't you tell me like why didn't you give me the heads up but i couldn't because we weren't allowed to talk um in between votes and so there there wasn't actually an opportunity to tell him and i think for me what i was nervous about I, I was nervous and I just told him this. I was nervous that in doing that, I like fractured, like betrayed and fractured his trust to the degree where I worried that, you know, even just a little bit of that can like totally change the dynamic of a game. And I just wanted him to know that like I said from the beginning, it would be me and him to the end. And I, even though I had to make that move, I hundred percent am still in it with him in the end. And I just hope that, he still feels the same way too. And ultimately he said he did. And so, you know, we were good to go. And then I think for us, then we, cause we immediately then had to turn to, all right, we are now down in the numbers and we have got to do everything possible to make it to that merge. And we were still multiple steps away. So let's get back to it and figure out how we're going to get there. Awesome. Well, you guys managed to stay out of travel for a little bit after that, fortunately. Yeah, we got a few we got a few rounds of safety, which was great. And then um you uh, what was the next challenge you guys ended up losing at? Um the next person to go for you guys was Joe. Do you remember the challenge? Uh slap puzzle is what my notes say. Yeah. What is it? What did you say? Slap it says puzzle? it says slap puzzle on the Excel document. But let me go <laughs> consult the Google document to further clarify what the hell that means. So sorry, hold on. That is all right. Well, and then it, I have no idea what it means. Um, so I cannot <laughs> I cannot relive that, that challenge experience for you. But I'm sure it was suspenseful and exciting to to watch. Um, I mean, I think ultimately. Like this is a, a time where, you know, Kwu and I really wanted to stick with Joe. And we again tried to connect with Chris. And you know, I don't know what it is. It's just like, I mean, you know, even if you want to work with someone, and I think that was really honest and genuine on both of our ends. Like we wanted to work with Chris. Um, he did genuinely want to work with us. He confirmed that in his podcast. So that is awesome. But sometimes just like where you are in the game and positioning, it just like doesn't pan out. And I feel like we did not have our, you know, it just didn't pan out for us where the stars aligned, where we could really, um, connect. Um, and, and, you know, and then similarly, you know, so we obviously tried to like get back with Devin and Tiffany, but I knew <laughs> at this moment in time, I knew ultimately it just didn't, it like wasn't going to pan out because one thing that as we were trying to communicate with Devin and Tiffany, that Tiffany 
I think this was when this happened. Tiffany was talking about how she was going to play her game and that people weren't going to like tell her how to play the game, which is totally fair. That is what she should do. But I remember, but just the fact that she was saying that so consistently to us just like really sent the message that like Tiffany was not going to join forces with us again and work for it with us. So I just like knew that was, um, that was not going to play out. Um, so anyway, I think it was just like an uphill battle. I can't even remember. So you'll have to remember, remind me potentially, did Kewu and I just realize we faced defeat and we voted for Joe with the majority or did we actually try to vote for someone else? I don't even remember. Actually from my notes, it says you voted for Jake oh, that's and, right. uh, and, and, and then Joe voted for Kewu who got nullified. Oh, that's right. Okay. Something confusing happened there. I think this actually is an example of me making an, an impulsive move that was not smart. But as we were sitting there, I think we had like a game plan of who we were going to vote for. And then I was like, Oh my God, no, like this doesn't make sense. Like I should throw a vote at Jake. And I don't know, there was like a rationale for it. I wish I could remember. Um, but yeah, then our votes kind of came out a little scattershot and it, it wasn't, you know, it wasn't effective. And also I think that did not help me in the end because, you know, eventually down the road, uh, Jake voted me out. And I think it likely, (laughs) you know, that sort of was one of maybe other things too, but the grease, the wheels for him where, you know, I'm someone that tried to vote him out. And so no doubt I lost some trust with him. Um, so I don't know, I think throwing the, I think that was a little bit of an impulsive move, uh, that didn't, help me in the end. But I honestly, I don't think people, they weren't really trying to work with us. So we didn't have amazing options, uh, in that moment, but, but just thankfully KU and I stayed alive. I don't know why actually now I'm kind of wondering. I'm sort of Joe, maybe if Joe had an idol, maybe I'm just trying to figure out the logic. Maybe maybe, I think didn't KU have an idol. And so then they were thinking like, Oh, KU might play it for someone. And that, I think that's what they were. Oh, okay. Well, Kwu might play it for himself, or he might play it for me, and so they voted for Joe. I think that's a good call. That must be what it was. Okay. Yeah, that must be what it was. So that was lucky because I do think one of us, in theory, totally could have gone home that night, but we stayed alive. All right, and then um, before we get to the next tribal council which is uh, important because it's unfortunately yours. We had a lot of other people go home that I'm curious if you had thoughts on. Um, Up through this point, we had um, Stephanie and Grace also go home in the Triple Tribal. Then you had Alex, Kelsey, and Christina go from the other tribe. Yeah. I mean, I guess Alex, Kelsey, and Christina. I mean, again, like I didn't have too much insight into the other tribes and the dynamics. I mean, I guess big picture, I'm not super surprised that Alex went home. I mean, others have spoken about this on their podcast, but Alex was like, you know, super nice. And like right from the beginning, I remember in one world, I remember him like going up to everybody to like connect and build a relationship. But I think that part of his game was maybe more transparent than others. Like you just knew that Alex was working every angle and was telling everybody that, you know, he wanted 
to do something with them. And so it doesn't surprise me that, I don't know, maybe his tribe was on to him in that regard and voted him out. Um, Kelsey, I was super surprised by, but I didn't have any insight into that dynamic. Um, and I was bummed because I was like, oh man, I would have wanted to work with her if we made it to the merge. Um, Christina, again, I didn't know the insights uh, of that dynamic, although I think um, I think Joe had probably shared maybe that uh, she and Katie were super tight and so people were trying to break them up. But um, I was glad that Christina went home because not that I didn't have many interactions with her throughout the game, but I could tell, you know, as she was building relationships that she was a player. Um, and yeah, she just seemed like someone who was potentially scary to have around. So I was glad to have her not there. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, we, uh, let's see here. Yeah, but then we merged. Merge, right? merge is right yeah. then, yeah. I, I was making sure I didn't forget of anything before that, yeah. So we I had mean, merge, and that's a pretty big deal because um, despite you being the first merge boot, you at least made the merge, which is a huge constellation in itself. It was. Thank God I made it to the merge. No, I was super happy about that. And I'll say, like, in you know, I feel like for those last couple rounds, especially since we were a little bit down and out on our tribe, I mean, had we lost again one of us would have gone home and it probably would have been me because if they like Kwu probably would have, you know, in theory played the item for himself or who knows. Um, so I was like, Oh my God, get us to that merge. And I remember the last challenge. And of course you never really know when the merge is, but you know, you kind of had a sense of like given the numbers when you thought it might happen. And so we did this challenge, which was such an amazing challenge. I loved it. It's the one where we had to run and collect those like chopped up, logs and pieces of wood and then run and throw them into the other tribe's net. And I think it was Landon and it was Landon for the other tribe who was trying to hold up all the weight of the logs. And it was Devin from our tribe. And, you know, again, another like classic survivor challenge of, and it was just like so fun to be running back and forth and tossing those logs into Landon's net. And then it was amazing when he eventually dropped it and we won and Kwu talked about this in his podcast, but we just had this like moment where we like realized like we pretty were confident that we just like made the merge. And so we just like had this huge celebratory hug and it was, it was just such like this emotional like relief to like be playing so hard and to have this like benchmark destination that you want to get to. And we were pretty confident in that moment that winning that, challenge meant that we made the merge. And so that was just like the best moment. That was so fun. How was, uh, like, did you, what was your like plan at that time of the merge? Like what did you thought was going to happen? Obviously it didn't happen, but um, <laughs> it, yeah. in your point of view, what were the conversations like during the merge and what was your prospect for the game in your eyes? Oh my goodness. Well, I mean, I, you know, famous last words, but I felt really confident going into the merge overall because, um, first of all, there were a ton of the original, of my original One World tribe um, in the merge. Like, I think, I don't know if we were a majority numbers wise, but there were just like so many of us. And so, you know, we got reunited again um, with Mandy and Maddie. Um, and so I think we felt like we were in a good position there. And I just felt like I had built really good relationships um, with other um, 
people as well that would carry me through. So I guess overall I felt confident. Um, I mean, not like locked in, um, but I, I felt like I was in a good position. I didn't feel like I was like scrambling from the bottom to stay alive. Um, I guess a couple things came to mind. Like I wanted to reconnect with the original uh, group and like see if we could use those numbers for sure. For me, it was so clear that the first person had to be Holly. And, and the reason for that is because of what I shared before, like we were on a tribe, like, you know, great, like friendship and relationship on the tribe, but you know, she was on the bottom the whole time. We never had like legit strategic, authentic conversations about being together. And so I just knew that she was someone who was never going to work with me. Um, it just like was not possible. It would have been like, so inauthentic and awkward in that merge moment to go up to her and be like, Holly, let's work together. <laughs> like she would have been like, that is total BS. And so I just thought because of that dynamic, I just need to get, I just need to get rid of her. Um, and so I went up to, I think Chris and maybe like, I mean, I was obviously talking to Kwu about it, but Chris and, and Mandy, I went up to Chris and Tiffany and basically like kind of rallied the troops to get Holly out. And um, it seemed, I mean, it was essentially seemed so unanimous and I think it really was so unanimous at the time. Like we were good, like we were good to go. It was just like, most people are going to vote for Holly. It was going to be that like classic easy vote, but you know, <laughs> uh, things <laughs> changed. And I think there were like two things that changed that were really interesting. I mean, the first one is, um, Katie comes up to me. Well, once we had merged, she and I, so before, before we lost, but when we merged, that was really the first time we really met or talked. And we went, we went up to each other and we both had like this love fest, which I mean, was genuine on my end. I think it was genuine on her end, but um, we were just like, oh my God, like, it's so great to be on a tribe together. Like we want to work together. We Like I told her that I've always wanted to do something with her. And that was really genuine. Um, uh, and so anyway, that was a thing, but she came up to me, I don't know, this is maybe like 10 minutes before tribal when it was like pretty much maybe even less, this all happened so fast when it was all locked on Holly and she came up to me and she was basically like, this is too easy. Like we said, we wanted to work together. Like, let's do it. Like, let's switch it up right now and do something different. And I told her, I was like, I am all in to do that with you. And I really was, but I wanted to do it the next round. I actually, the next, I, I wanted to stick with Kwu to the end. I wanted to stick with Mandy, but I did want to kind of switch things up and reconstruct like a different alliance that I thought would help, would be like a post-merge alliance that would be a little bit different. And I wanted Katie to be part of that. Um, but I was just like, but just like not now, like let's do Holly <laughs> and then let's get back to that essentially like next time. And, you know, that, I mean, looking back for sure, that's a regret. I should have just said like, yeah, let's do it. Like, what's the plan? Let's come up with a new plan. Even if I didn't do it in that round, I think it was an error on my end because I just created distrust in her mind. Like I didn't give her the clear answer of like, yes, let's do it. I'm in, let's go. Um, and so that made her nervous. And so she decided, I literally think it was, what people say it was like two minutes before tribal. She went to a couple other people and was like, let's use, she wanted to use her steal of vote advantage to get me out. So the other thing that really helped seal my fate too, which I did not see coming was that she got Mandy to flip on me. 
And Mandy, I was so shocked because in my mind, Mandy was always like final three. I wanted to be Kewu and Mandy to the end. And I really thought that we were always strategizing together. When we reunited in the merge, we were strategizing together. But I guess she didn't, I didn't realize this, but she didn't trust me. I didn't realize it until, um, uh, <clears throat> I think maybe when I was on the jury or definitely after the game, she came up to me after the game and she, I like went to give her a big hug and she was like, you, she's like, Patrick, you were my frenemy in the game. And I was like, what? I was like, what do you mean? And she's like, yeah, like we were always in the same tribe and, and relationships, but you were always trying to get me out. And I was like, oh my God, I was never trying to get you out. It was this total misunderstanding or misread, or I mean, clearly just a misperception, or maybe I had done some things that gave her that notion that I was trying to get her out, but it was unfortunate because I literally never was. I wanted to go all the way with her. Um, but she didn't think that was true. She thought we were frenemies. And so she flipped, um, and went with Katie, um, in those last few minutes. Um, so anyway, so we go into tribal and, but I'm, I'm sitting there like, I still think it's Holly. I'm feeling good. And then Katie gets up there. I feel like it was like such great television. Like she just like gets up and to make the speech and she was, and she starts out, she's like, guys, you all know me from day one. I'm honest. I've been real with you. I tell it like it is. And I remember just sitting there being like, oh my God, this is so interesting. Like she's about to say something dramatic. Like, what is it? This is exciting. And then she turns to me and she's like, Pat, you know, we said that like we wanted to do something together and that we were going to like make magic happen. Um, uh, and when I told you that I was honest and then she said, what did she say? But she's like, you have sparkly eyes. You are too charming and I need to steal your vote or something like that. And I was just like, Oh my God, I was like totally blindsided and she was stealing my vote. And I was, you know, the embarrassing thing is like, you know, she was stealing my vote, but I was also sort of like flattered too. I was like, wow, that's like a really complimentary way to steal my vote. So thank you. <laughs> um, but also, and this is so embarrassing. I didn't, put it together. It was such a blindside in the moment. I didn't realize that she was stealing my vote and was going to use it to vote against me. Like I thought just immediately she was stealing my vote to like thwart my plan, but I don't know that she was going to vote someone else. And so we're sitting there and like people are voting and it, it didn't like all of a sudden then it just like dawned on me finally. And I turned to Mandy next to me and I was like, Oh my God, Mandy. I was like, is it me? And she just, of course, looks at me. She's like, no, not at all. And I was like, <laughs> then I was like, oh my God, I think it's me. And it's embarrassing that it took me that long to realize. Um, but then yes, lots of Pat votes um, and I got voted out. So I always did say that if I you know, got voted out, I really wanted to go out in a blind side. Like, I just think that would be like the most fun way to go. And so Katie, you know, made that dream come, come true for me. So thank you, Katie, for, for the great blind side. Who, who, who did she want to go for before she slit your throat? Like what, what was there a name for that like round you went? Yeah. Who would, yeah. With, with, with Katie. That is such a great question. And honestly, I, she, I don't even remember if she put 
afford a specific name or if it was just the idea of like, come on, like, let's do something different. Cause honestly, I don't, I don't remember us talking about a specific name. So okay. I don't know. Whoever it was, it, it would have been a great idea. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, then you get seven seven out of eleven votes, and oh, you become the king of Ponderosa. <laughs> yeah, then I went to Ponderosa, um, but you know, it's interesting. I mean, obviously, especially in retrospect, I would have, of course, loved to go so much further in the game, and because there is just so much more game to be played, and like so much so many, you know, interesting things and dynamics happened. And I would have loved to have been part of that. I would have loved to compete in the individual immunity challenges, which is, I think what I was in some ways most excited for from a challenge perspective. Um, so I would have loved to do all that, but in the moment and, and, you know, and even now too, I just ultimately was super satisfied. Like I wasn't, I thought getting voted out, I'd be immediately like stung and angry and upset and like rethinking everything. But actually I was just like, you know, that was so fun. And I do think I like played a really good game and, you know, influenced and controlled my fate up until that point. Um, and while I wish that, you know, you know, I, I had gone along with Katie's suggestion. Um, yeah, I felt good about my game. And then I, I guess, you know, uh, I felt like it was a, a badge of honor to get voted out then um, if she and others thought maybe I was a threat. Um, so I don't know. I just, I felt I would, of course would have loved to keep playing, but I also felt really proud of myself and, and satisfied with how far I got. What was your jury experience like? Uh, it was fun being on the jury. I was also like immediately, like, even though again, you want to be in the game, but then immediately my mind is like, Oh my God, I can, shower and eat and like <laughs> I was brought like a whole thing of pizza and it was just amazing. And, uh, and so that was really nice. And so it was, it was really, it was fun to be on the jury, um, and get to observe, um, Maddie was the next person that voted out. And so the two of us spent the night together in our tent, uh, at Ponderosa and, we had so much fun. I mean, Maddie was on, you know, my original tribe and she's so awesome. And we just had a blast like rehashing the game and also just getting to know each other too. Um, and, and, you know, telling each other more of our stories. And so, um, so that was, that was a blast. Um, and then let me think like other elements of being on the jury that stand out to me, I guess there are two moments. Um, one is final, tribal. And I guess we can get to that in a little bit, but the other thing that was interesting about being on the jury was, um, there was that twist where I think it was Devin won an advantage and he brought along Chris, I think where they could go to the jury and ask us any questions that they wanted, um, to get perspective on their competitors who are still in the game. And I think, I forget who was on the jury at that point. It was me, maybe me, Maddie, Jake, maybe Tiffany was on the jury. I forget. I think, uh, I think so. Yeah. yeah. But what was interesting is, um, I don't know what part of me, I mean, you gotta be open to like all twists. So I support the twists in the, and you know, the, the innovations, the purest in me though is like, Oh no. Like I think like, I don't, I didn't love that the jury was influencing the game from the jury at that moment. Um, uh, 
But I think in particular, it's because whoever, someone asked the question, like, who are the people who are most likely to win this game? And someone said that it was Kaywoo and Katie. Um, and, and then really started talking about why Kaywoo was this threat. And I think it was like really eye-opening to Devin and Chris that Kaywoo was such a threat. And I was like, oh no, like they are not going to put a target on my boy and have him go down. Like that is just not, I'm just not going to let this happen. And so apologies, Katie. But then I jumped in and just started really painting the picture of why Katie was such a threat. And the reality is like Katie was such a threat. So I don't think I said anything that was false, but the target was really being put on Kewu and I didn't want that to happen because I wanted him to, to keep going and win. And so I did a little Katie <laughs> sabotage from the jury and uh, painted the target on her back, which I think was ultimately effective um, because people went back really viewing her as someone that they needed to get out um, and eventually did. As, as a juror, there were, I mean, there's a lot of interesting things that happened that you got to see from a production standpoint. I, my, the two most dynamic things were the Kevin activating the fire is life. And then the rock, <laughs> Chris forcing rocks as a yes. juror. Yeah. What were those two moments like for your, your ally to pull that move and ultimately save somebody that one of the knives in your back was Mandy's. And then just, <laughs> yeah. just the, the rock gate where Chris was just like, no matter what, I'm going to not agree with you and we're going to rock. So I'm like, I loved it as a producer, but as just a game purist, I'm like, I mean, I guess you can keep doing this, but what are you doing, man? Like, what is up? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, those were, uh, I mean, they were right to your point, like from a production standpoint, they were just awesome moments to watch. I mean, I... I did not know about this advantage that Kewu had. Uh, I don't think that he could activate. I don't think that he brought me in on that. Um, so it was fun to watch that play out. And I was like, good for him. And I also appreciate how he made it like good television. And I think he did a really good job of like bringing that to the game. Like he had these moments, I mean, in particular at tribals where he would kind of play things up a little bit that just made it like fun to watch and, that was a super cool moment. And so I love that. In terms of the the rock vote, I mean, I was really, I know I've said like, I would have loved to work with Chris. I thought he was an awesome player. Um, and, uh, and so I was really rooting for him to pull that off with the rocks. And like, I just thought, you know, and you know, clearly Holly and I weren't in an alliance. Actually, I, I, I Landon's awesome. And we at different times, like talked about working together, but we never really um, engaged uh, on the show. So I just, I wanted Chris to pull it off of the rocks. That just would have been like so bold, so dramatic. He would have gotten to stay in the game. So, and you know, he had his very clear rationale that he, even though it seemed like totally wild and maybe ridiculous that he would, uh, create that situation. I mean, he had a really strategic rationale why he thought that was his only path forward in the game. And so I applaud him for making the big move. And I just wish, I totally wish that it, it would have worked out for him. That would have been cool. So once we get to final tribal council, a lot of people have mentioned um, how Kewu entered as the the obvious like um, front runner, but Holly brought a lot of surprises as well. And you know, you mentioned your support um, for Mandy, and uh, just 
curious on your your take you know looking back on all three final um tribal contestants yeah i mean i guess a couple things like one thing i mean i'll speak to mandy first like I think Mandy played a great game. Like she was always in the mix, driving strategy. She had a great social game. And I felt that because I felt like I had a really great relationship with her. But it was also really cool. I think I didn't realize this, but I think it was in Katie's podcast where Katie and Mandy formed like this really like powerful friendship and bond. And Um, And I think Mandy had several examples of that where she really had a super strong social game. She was uh, really strategic and she made some big moves again, like trying to make that like the sabotage move during the the food challenge. And she stepped up uh, from like a, a challenge perspective. She was like always stepping up to do the hard thing. She could make fire. I mean, Mandy crushed it. I think ultimately her jury speech didn't like with clarity reflect the strong game that she played, which I think, I think in the end she didn't get uh, votes at the final tribal, but it's not because like, you know, she didn't deserve to be there. She totally did. Um, I just think the, the jury speech didn't reflect the strength of her game. That's my take. I don't know. Others might have different takes, but um, one thing that's interesting is that Kewu, at least from a jury perspective, was not necessarily the clear front runner. And this was like another area where I feel like I was like, you know, trying to play an influencer role from the jury seat. There are a bunch of people, like we would get to, so the jury, this is really cool. The jury took like our role super seriously. And so we would all like get together every time someone got eliminated, they would give like the full download of what happened. And then when it was time for us to prepare for the final tribal, we all like talked about it and we like debated the merits of each person's game. And I thought it was, it was cool. People took it seriously. No one was like holding any grudges and about to make a kind of like petty vote because they were mad at someone. Like people just wanted to vote for who they thought was the best uh, player. And in those conversations, there were so many, uh, so much advocacy for Holly. And and I think people talked a lot about Holly's social game and, you know, how she, you know, climbed her way from the bottom on, on Fala and used her social game and like navigated different complexities. And I mean, all of that is true. And she did like, she's played an awesome social game, but to me, I felt like Kewu's game was so well-rounded. Like he built really strong um, alliances with lots of people, whether it was like, me and Mandy and like, and Joe and like, and just other people like throughout the game, I thought he evolved well on the social game. He was super strategic in like, you know, engaging in the strategy to send people home and also was really strategic with the challenge bucks and, and like using them and finding uh, rewards and idols. And I think that was an important part of his strategy. And then he also like rocked it in challenges. Um, so I just thought his game was so well-rounded um, and so on the jury, as we were having these debates, I was really trying to make that pitch to people. And, and then ultimately, <laughs> uh, when it came time to ask our questions, I took the Spencer route, I think from Kagayan, if you remember, like Spencer gets up there and he, he just turns to the jury and actually makes the pitch for why Tony is like the clear winner. And if you like love and respect the game, like you'll vote for Tony to win. 
And I was like, I'm going to do that for KWU because I really not only, and that's not just because like we were friends in an alliance, but I actually felt like he played holistically the best well-rounded game. And so I made that pitch and outlined his game. And then I think I asked Holly and Mandy why, given that, why should they win or something like that. But my aim was to just like, my aim was to help, you know, influence who I thought should win. Um, I guess the other thing I'll say, you know, some folks have described Kewu's gameplay. It's like, you know, it's, he had a bunch of idols and it's flashy moves and all that kind of stuff. And he did have those bold flashy moves. Um, but I think those are reflections of his strategic gameplay. And he also had the social and like physical gameplay to complement it. So again, anyway, so that was, that was my take. I mean, yeah. I, th- I was just going to say, it's great that you mentioned Tony because it's it kind of reminds me of that, right? Uh, a, a player who did flashy moves, but just it wasn't that's not their whole game you know they had a lot more to that on top of it i think it's almost impressive that they were able to do all that and then also have flashy moves and still make it to final travel council you know he had plenty of times because the flashy moves blown up yeah. yeah it's right it kind of puts a target it puts a spotlight on you and i think that's true i mean i think kwu did do that at times in ways that wasn't always helpful but even despite that, he was able to navigate it through his other strengths and approaches. Yeah. I was worried. I thought Kewu was going to medevac himself out by screwing around in a break. So I'm glad he, <laughs> he didn't have that actually happen. I was very, very concerned as a producer. So <laughs> wait, are you talking about when he was breakdancing and sprained his, he thumb? was breakdancing and sprained his thumb. And I'm like, yeah. dude, we, we've got to talk to medical. I, I, I want you to do well. I want everyone to do well, but like, <laughs> this is very serious and it just is crazy that that could have possibly happened. Oh my God. That would have been so brutal. Yeah. Thank God that didn't happen. <laughs> so after the game was all said and done, even though it was like the end of the game in a way was almost the start of the whole survival challenge experience as you now got to enjoy everyone's company outside of the game and kind of get to learn a new side of them. You got to hang out with them and maybe even party with them. And since then, you know, had your time to talk with them and, you know, chat with them about the new survivor season, all that. What's the experience been like for you in survival challenge since the game ended? Yeah. I mean, that has just been such a special part of it. I mean, one thing that's interesting is after the game ended, um, I hung out for a little bit, but I had to, I had like a flight to catch in Chicago. So I was so bummed that I couldn't get to hang out, but I I was, we were going to see my parents in Boston who I like, you know, with the pandemic hadn't seen in like two years. And it's like, I've already delayed this trip a little bit to go play this game in the woods for a few days. It's like, (laughs) I now actually just have to leave and like go see my parents. Um, So I didn't get to hang out with everyone in the moment as much as I would have wanted to, but like, it's been, it's been so awesome. I mean, I feel like there are, are people in the game who I'm like, texting with and staying in touch with all the time. Um, like even just today, I was like texting with Kewu and Devin and Chris. Um, and like, I just think that is so fun. Um, Holly rallied the troops and started a group me, which this must be like 
the old man, 40 year old side of me, but I was like, what is group me? But like now I love it. So thanks Holly for introducing us to group me. So we've got this like group chat going on. Um, and so, you know, that's super fun. Um, and yeah, I, I just think that one thing that I've been so impressed by that you all do and like the rest of the survival challenge crew and production team is like, it, it is clear that you are so committed to and intentional about nurturing a like long-term survival challenge community. And that has just, I can like see the ways you do that in ways that are just like special. And it's been, yeah, I mean, it's totally, I think played out with our cast. Um, and I'm, it's something I really value and I'm excited to, you know, stay connected to the survival challenge community over time. So that's been cool. Well, we uh, we really love appreciate that. We, we love, um, you know, putting that effort into all, all that we do. So, yeah. What about you personally, as far as what have you learned about yourself in the experience? A lot of people have described their survival challenge experience as a life changing event. Did it have some sort of that effect for you? Yes, I think so. I mean, let me think a couple of things that I would think about. I mean, one thing that I keep thinking about is just how cool it was for like five days to have this completely immersive experience where, I mean, it, like, you know, you are battling the elements and playing this game and competing in these unbelievable, like physical and mental challenges. And you're totally disconnected from, you know, your phone and social media and all of that distraction. And you just have to be in the moment and have this next level experience. And for me, and I haven't done this yet, so like it hasn't been life changing yet. But one thing I keep thinking about is like, I want to recreate that. Um, and I don't think it necessarily has to be in like a survivor game context, but I just think about other scenarios. Like, you know, I've just thought about getting, you know, involved in like adventure racing or these like awesome outdoor experiences that like challenge me physically and, and in different ways and mentally. So, um, I just think it was so unique and so it was cool to have, uh, that experience and I want to find ways to replicate it. Um, so that's one thing. Um, I think another thing is that, and I think Chris talked about this in his podcast too. I think, you know, well, I'll speak for myself. I, you know, came into this game for sure with my own like insecurities or doubts about like what I was going to be capable of, of doing. And, um, you know, just being nervous about like, Oh my God, like what if I mess up in these challenges? And, and then I was like, so proud of myself, especially if I got to like run, I was, if there was a running challenge, I was like, okay, like I'm going to do that. But like, I, I just, it was great to have confidence. Like, okay, I can compete in these challenges or what if I'm unable to like connect with people? And, and, um, I think there was something confidence building about coming into survival challenge with those nerves and then being able to finish and say like, no, actually like I did all those things and I thought I did pretty well and I'm proud of myself. Um, I guess the other thing that I'll say is, you know, I mean, now it's like a big joke given Katie's speech about like the sparkly eyes or even, um, and so she needed to vote me out or even Holly, you know, outrageously describing how she felt like I had, a lot of influence on people. And so therefore, you know, whatever she needed to, you know, suck up to me and, but then eventually get me out. But one thing that's interesting, like I knew going into this game that like relationship building skills would be like a strength of mine. 
Um, and I remember I had this one like manager, um, in one of my jobs, her whole thing, like in performance reviews, she's like, she's just going to tell you like the one thing that is your greatest strength. And if you just like capitalize on that strength, like, boom, like it will just take you far, like just focus on that. And for her, she told me that it was essentially about like, like relationship building skills. She's like, if you like you build relationships well, and if you want to make something happen or you have like a vision for something, like just go with it because people will go with you if you, if you do that. And I remember at the time, you know, appreciating that feedback, but I feel like there was something about survival challenge that just like affirmed that for me. Like people, like I got good like feedback or affirmation that that is true. And so I think now I'm walking away from survival challenge, just, yeah, just like with an appreciation of, of that for myself and thinking about like, okay, like how do I, you know, bring that to life in my personal life? Also like professionally, like how do I use that, um, skill or strength. And so I don't know, I just like appreciate that that was affirmed for me too in the game. Well, I've got one more question, but Michael, do you have any more questions before I say my final bit? Uh, I don't think so. Just really appreciate your time in the game. And I hope to connect more. I've been, I've been slammed with some of my, you know, doctoral work, but I want to connect a little bit more, you know, post game. So we really, you know, appreciate your time in the game and your impact. So thank you, man. Yeah. Thanks, Michael. No, I would love to do that. Let's for sure. Uh, as you have a, a respite um, from all the work. Yeah. I would love to connect. Well, just as you have listened to, um, you know, the episodes from your like current season. And if you choose to listen to other episodes as well, or heck, even future episodes, you know, just, just as you know, we head into a new season and, um, there's going to be players who haven't played survival challenge yet who will be future players of this season or maybe even future seasons that are listening to this very episode. What do you have to say for them and your personal advice of how they can prepare to do their best in their survival challenge experience? Yeah. Um, I mean, what would I say for advice? I mean, I just think that like everybody, I mean, it's been interesting to listen to these podcasts because like, everybody comes into the game with all these nerves and just sort of like doubts about their, uh, own capabilities. Um, but like, you know, everybody in their own way, like crushed it. And so I guess, you know, I, you know, I just build in on that last reflection for me. I think part of it is just being confident about like what makes you, you and what you bring to the table. And I just think there's always going to be, um, uh, people who respond well to that, that can then help you, you know, advance in the game and, and do well. And so I think it's just like confidence, um, confidence in that regard. Um, uh, I would say, you know, this is going back to the advice that Justin and Julia gave me about trusting my gut, but it's, it's just wild to me that, that like very simple advice uh, actually panned out so frequently in terms of trusting my gut quickly on who to build alliances with or, you know, certain votes that I needed that I thought we should make, um, because I was sensing like opportunity or risk. And so, um, so I would do that. And, and then I don't know, I think, you know, people can do tons and tons and tons of preparation to like think of the game, or you can like, I guess I kind of came in kind of cold. And so, you know, you do you, whichever, whichever method works well for you, I think is probably fine. Awesome. 
Well, thank you so much for joining us, Patrick. And just to follow up on what Michael said, you know, thank you for not only just spending the time with us right now to talk with us on your game, but the time and dedication you put into your game itself and just the the passion that you put into it. We really enjoyed watching you play. Awesome. Well, thanks, William. Yeah, you guys are the best. I have had so much fun doing this podcast and I'm excited to stay connected and, you know, just appreciate all of you for giving me the chance to, to have this experience. So thank you. Appreciate you guys. Awesome. And thank you to all of our listeners checking us out. If you want to see more episodes, you can find us wherever you find podcasts on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, wherever you listen to your favorite podcast, you can find them here. You can also follow Survival Challenge for all of our updates on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube, where we post all of our current and future episodes. So be sure to stay posted on that. And if you want to play Survival Challenge yourself, now is the time because applications are opening in just a few weeks, starting in January 2022. We are casting for Season 9. And hopefully these podcasts are a great way of showing you of just what a no-brainer it is to at least apply you know even see if you even have the shot why not why bother thinking about if you can do it or not if you don't even know you're going to be on it yet so just apply see see what that feeling gives you and i don't know a single person who hasn't played has regretted it regardless of how ready they felt you know you mentioned how jamie (laughs) didn't even know he was going to play till like a week before um but we've everyone's had a great experience from a winner to first boot and from people who felt very not prepared physically or mentally, everyone's gotten something amazing out of it in their own way. And I think you'd be just really silly if you didn't at least apply. <laughs> even those 18 to 25 year old white dudes, you, you, can, you can even apply to. <laughs> and also I guess I'll throw in, I don't usually say this, but if you've applied before and haven't gone on, keep applying. Sometimes there's other factors more than just you um, as a player. You know, feel free to reach out to, um, to you know, myself, Michael, other people on production of how you can improve your tape and other things like that. But sometimes we just have a lot of conflictions when it comes to mutual connections and who we have on the table. And sometimes we put in people... You know, sure, you didn't make it this year, but, you know, someone who had applied two years prior did. And sometimes, you know, we're getting to the point our survival challenge where it's not always easy to get it on just first try. And um, sometimes it takes a couple tries. So don't be discouraged if you've already applied before and haven't got in. We encourage you to apply again. And we almost always pull in alternates. So things happen. People from other countries <laughs> can't make it because of pandemics, injuries, pregnancies. So all sorts of things can happen. So... Put in that short application. You can do it. (laughs) Awesome. Well, thanks again, guys. Yeah, thank you, guys. Talk to you soon. See you.